0: This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com.
1: If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For
2: the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow We're
0: no further, the friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now Alright, here we go! We are Groot, and welcome! You are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 109. Covering the new comic books that we all read that came out on Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, May 31st. And this particular podcast is three times the fun, because we got three people on this podcast. I'm your host, Chris Letore, but we are joined by first-time co-host and zombie destroyer artist, our friend, Jordan Hudson. How you doing, Jordan? I'm doing good. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Excited that it's three people on the, on the yeah. Sunspots Comics podcast. Yeah, unprecedented. Yeah, first time ever. <laughs> so, and of course, my trusty crime-fighting sidekick here, Justin, my son, Justin Jables Latori. How you doing, Jables?
3: Doing pretty good, man. Uh, good to be back. What's up, Jordan? Huh. Well, I'm just
0: hanging out. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. <laughs> All the way from Oregon. It's nuts. So thank uh-huh. you so much for joining us, listeners, here on the Sunspots Comics podcast. We recommend to you an amazing list of fresh, brand-new comic books every single week to read. Never miss an issue of the Sunspots Comics podcast. Just subscribe to it. And please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, at Sunspots Comics. And, of course, we have a little YouTube page at youtube.com tofilat. So what are we all about, you ask? What are we, Justin? what What is this podcast all about? Tell the people.
3: Well, uh, if you're new to comics, you know, we recommend some stuff that you guys want to read. Or if maybe you've been reading comics since Dirt was created. Yeah, like line. me. I'm old. Um, <laughs> uh, we recommend some comics, you know, that are, that are coming out every Wednesday. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we only do The Great Ones. That's what we review here. The Great Ones of the Great. And uh, so you can save some time, save some cash. Please tell a friend. Let us know.
0: Well said. And of course, a couple of thank yous to Nick Papa George for making our amazing Sunspots Comics theme song. Follow him on Facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. Gonna see him yeah, Justin, you're going to go see Solution in live in concert as soon as uh-huh. you leave this.
3: Yeah, yeah, going to see him at the slide bar, 5 p.m., um, it's going to be great. I've seen him before, put on a good show.
0: Jordan, are you a fan of like the sort of reggae pop like style of punk-ish kind of music?
2: I can't say that I've really listened to much of it. Um, I'm really more of a like flat-out rock kind of guy.
0: Nice, cool. um, me too.
2: Some <laughs> here and there, some grunge, but yeah, I haven't really, haven't really dipped my toes into that pool.
0: Well, go check out Nick's stuff. Facebook.com/slash/NicholasDelMusic. He's he's all over the place, and if you're pure rockist, you'll you'll feel that and sense it. It's like 42% pure rock. Cool. And then, and then the rest all divided evenly. But uh, also, thank you to my son Jables here for doing our blog you can find it where justin
3: blog.sunspotscomics.com and you follow me on instagram twitter at just sunspots
0: and jordan where can we find you plug
2: yourself oh um you can find me at pretty much just instagram uh, my title is jordan underscore hudson underscore art and that's pretty much all i have now i'm working on Kind of on a website and my Facebook I could probably spend more attention to but Instagram <laughs> yeah. is probably the best
0: way to get to me. Fantastic. Well, yeah. yes check his art out folks It's gorgeous and even your lovely wife. I mean you might want to tell people about her art, too She just had like a cool like show tell us about yeah.
2: that uh, The Portland raw show uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah her her Instagram is Alexia underscore Hudson underscore art as well. She deals with a lot of portraits um usually like magical mystical kind of inspirations really really pretty beautiful stuff so yeah check her out there as well
0: very very good so moving on now it is free comic book time that's right get ready push your earbuds closer into your ears no don't do that that's bad i that could hurt you <laughs> i was just kidding i'm giving away a brand new free comic book right here all you got to do is grab this code go to marvel.com reveal and you will win it I'm actually giving away Amazing Spider-Man issue number 15. And man, what a stunning cover, right? MJ and the Iron Alex Spider-Man. Ross. Yeah, MJ, Iron Spider. Regent is running around rampant. Something happens to Aunt May's hubby, Jay Jameson. You got to grab this so you can read and see what happens. So the first person to grab this code, and again, go to marvel.com redeem, wins this brand new free comic book, Amazing Spider-Man issue 15. So good luck. First come,
3: first serve. Here's the code. Read to him, Jables. Go. F is in Frank. C is in Charlie. M is in Mary. H is in Harold. Three. P is in Peter. K is in Kyle. R is in Randy. D is in Derek. E is in Evan. G is in God. F is in Frank.
0: Nice. It was like very opposite of the whole military calling out. You're like Randy, Edward. Was there a Jeff in there? Jacob, Jasper. I mean, that was fantastic. I love that. One more time, just in case you missed it, go Jables.
3: F-C-M-H-3-P-K-R-D-E-G-F.
0: So come and get it. If you want a brand new free comic book digitally and you like that kind of thing, take that code, go to marvel.com slash redeem. And I will be giving away some more very soon on, on the Instagram. Just follow us on Instagram at Sunspots Comics. So, And plus, if you win the code just kind of let me know let us know so that of course people stop plugging in the code and give up and we'll give you a what justin
3: shout a (laughs) rooney that's like our motto now
0: (laughs) shout a rooney that's right so please let us know if you win and good luck so let's get into the sunspots comics podcast issue number 109 109 starting out with some
3: stuff that's just floating around
0: in our nerd brains that's right first up is the DC Universe Wonder Woman major motion picture starring Gal Gadot. (laughs) We do review it, we do talk about it, so a little bit of a spoiler alert in case you haven't seen it. But uh, go see this. Put your eyes on it. So Jordan, you just walked out of the theater. Yeah, uh, about an hour ago. You've hardly had time to compress, decompress the data for this movie, (laughs) but tell us your initial thoughts so tell us uh what you, what's going on there in your brain?
1: Yeah,
2: um, I thought that I mean, it's crazy how right they did most of this movie and it being yes. the first major woman superhero movie, like they had to get it right yeah and and from from my point of view they they pretty much nailed it um other than some like typical superhero villain kind of like. Pretty much all Marvel movies suffer from, like, a typical not-so-lovable villain kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's hard to do the villains, right?
2: Yeah. Um, but, man, Gal Gadot, she did such a great job. Like, when you see her for the first time in her outfit, you're like, yeah, she's Wonder Woman. Like, no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, all the all the, the, the long hairs and short hairs on my arms just stood up.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. There was, like, four different times during that movie where I had chills.
3: Oh yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, there's a, the scene with uh, No Man's Land almost uh-huh. brought me to tears. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I my eyes welled up.
3: No, that that was a, that was that was one aspect of the movie I thought was like kind of, I, I it could have gone bad, you know. Uh-huh. Uh Like No Man's Land well, like you know, I'm not a man. <laughs> yeah. Not, you know what I mean? I was like, oh no. And then she's just <laughs> like, she, uh, what I loved especially about Gal Gadot and like how she portrayed Wonder Woman and how especially Patty Jenkins directed the movie is she let uh-huh. Wonder Woman's actions and her emotions and what she did stand for what she meant and she didn't go hammy it wasn't cheesy you know yeah. everything was was legit and everything was just I, I would almost say near perfect it was it was great her portrayal was just amazing she's obviously a gorgeous woman um, yeah. the costume was beautiful I, I have nothing <laughs> else to I, no rights with anything about Gal Gadot cause,
2: no yeah. yeah she was a shining achievement for sure
0: <laughs> did any of you get the sense of the Zack Snyder verse kicking in towards, towards the, the end? end? Towards the end. Uh, uh, yeah. And have any problems with it? I didn't.
3: Uh, I mean, for the most part, it did get a little CG heavy. That was the only part that I think there's, a, there's a, a part where it's showing Wonder Woman and she just got like something thrown at her and something blew up behind her. And like the fire, you could tell is like green screen. But that was like the only it's very nitpicky, small stuff. But yeah. I mean, it's manageable. I didn't really think much of it, um, but yeah, it did get a little, little too destructiony, too Zack Snydery at, towards the end. But I, to be honest, I didn't really care. It was great. Yeah. Service the story.
0: Jordan, what'd you think?
3: Um, I agree. It was really only at the
2: end where there was one moment where I got a distinct like Batman v Superman vibe at the end. Sure. It, well, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but it was like Justin said, pretty CG heavy, where it was like they were just fighting in an arena of flames. <laughs> it just seemed like
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did, I did like you know what uh, the the betrayal. Well, I guess spoilers. We the betrayal that. of Ares. Um, mm-hmm. the way because uh, it was sort of a a red herring in in a sort of sense where they switched it on us and eventually yeah. they essentially shifted to this other character being mm-hmm. um, being Ares. But when he got the armor on. I you know had a nerdgasm. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was like yes. Like it looks just like him. And I was it was great. I I thought the whole fight scene. I didn't really know his powers too well. So when yeah. when I learned what he was doing, I was like oh damn. Like this guy's this guy's powerful man. Like this is a this is a real opponent. And um just the, the I guess the, the the distinct fact that Ares is sort of a a background note in this to except until the end was sort of I think I enjoyed that. It made it more about the characters that they presented. You know, and yeah. I loved all of them. I, th- to be honest, like everyone was firing on all cylinders. It was great. Mm-hmm. Chris Pine was great. Uh, it was just awesome.
0: We're bouncing yeah. all over the place, which is crazy. But I wanna go I wanna go back to Themiscara. Let's let's take a let's take a walk yeah. down down a path to Themiscara. I first was like a, a happily shocked that it was so bright, mm. so so beautiful, like a whole different color palette for the last D C movies, right? yeah it was like bright shiny the sun is there the, the, the clouds in the sky were like yes i was just yeah. so nerd happy there that's where my nerdgasm happened i think it was just like whoa and they're on yeah. horses and they all had gal-gadot's accent and <laughs> right
3: yeah <laughs> Cause, cause... In, that, in that though there, that, you mentioned the aspect, the accent like i i thought it was you know it was brave to do that you know that they didn't have to you know what i mean but i did like it and my only real complaint about the accent was Robin Wright didn't sound very well. Like she didn't sound good. It didn't sound believable to me as far as her accent. But I, again, very nitpicky. You know, I, I think of a little crap like that all the time when I see movies. So, But again, it didn't bother me. Uh, the accents were great, you know.
0: What did you think, Jordan of that of the opening sequences? I mean you had you had baby Diana and you had toddler Diana, and th- that was already giving me chills, just her mimicking the fighting <laughs> right uh-huh. her wanting to be an Amazon was like I, my heart was just you know was so cool already, and happy
2: yeah she's already a badass just from just from being a little kid
0: <laughs> from birth. yeah right yeah. I mean her it, she wasn 't flailing around like a little kid. it was like she yeah. was actually kind of accurate and following them, and I was like, oh, has this had the chills and and it was just yeah. so such a great bright you know beautiful yeah, they, moment they
3: took off that like grayscale film that they have you know for every for at least yeah. most of the 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 DCEU movies they, they took off that like gradient and just sort of like you know let the color shine and, and it did as soon as they leave them it does kind of get that gradient back but um <clears throat> when they go into the world war 1 parts where they're actually fighting that the color palette is it's 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 i think it services it well because it's she's the, really It's the bright. war, the war palette. Yeah, she's, she, but if you, if you watch, like, the, the lighting of her and then to the war, it's like, it, it, she shines, you know? Yeah. I, I thought that was sort of like a good little metaphor of, like, she's this sort of hope in this war and, and she's the, she's the compassion and she's gonna help, you know, it was, it was a little metaphorical I might be reaching, but I, I loved <laughs> that, that little aspect that the color of her was really bright compared to the war. It was great. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's fun. When she, when they, um, leave the mascara for the first time and they, they get to London she's like it's hideous <laughs> it's all like completely <laughs> he's just- like yeah you're from right from the bright and green and blues and all the things just uh, the gray smoke
0: yeah. just yeah the polluted world of gray and you know yeah. just it just looked like it, it stunk you know yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> what, did you guys, what did you guys I want to know what did you guys think of the comedy the, the showing I was at it, it, it people were really laughing like it was it was good uh I I didn't expect that. Um, I, I sort of I sort of had that sort of in the back of my mind, knowing that Wonder Woman is naive as a character, mm-hmm. at least in the beginning. So I knew there was going to be some sort of comedic aspect. I didn't know it was going to be this funny. The beats yeah.
0: the beats hit right. I, the, they were timed properly and they were natural and kind of organic. They didn't seem too too hokey and just too like too many of them. Right. What do you think, Jordan?
2: Yeah, I agree. Like um, Justin talked about earlier, um, Wonder. Gal Gadot played really really well off of the whole trying to be innocent like or naive rather to to the whole wor- World of man, and it was it didn't come across as just her being just like oh, I know nothing It was just kind of it was more just like why aren't things like the way I see them because this is kind of ridiculous kind of thing and I thought that it, it was really really great.
0: Yeah, the fish-out-of-water comedy aspect. Yeah. Just, it it can be overdone so yeah. easily and it wasn't. Yeah. It was not the way that, overdone.
2: The way that they wrote um, Chris Pine to, to react to her <laughs> naivety, I guess, it was really well done as well.
3: Yeah, he, he was sort of that comedic light, you know, that they sort of needed. Um, he he had the timing, you, you know, to, uh-huh. her, to her sort of naivety and sort of curiosity of things. He uh-huh. sort of just shot in and was like, oh, you know, that's not what, you know, you don't do that, and, like, it was just yeah. perfect. He never really, like over explain something to her like you would to like a little kid he sort of tried to like reel it in a little bit it was great um yeah one thing i an aspect actually of that relationship that i want to talk about too um the steve trevor yeah uh, wonder woman diana prince relationship um one of my friends is is a sociology major and she was talking about how um like (laughs) she was talking about how basically the feminist aspect of the movie like she was sort of disappointed, and I was like, "Really? Like why?" And and it's a point that I thought I explained to you earlier. It was it was like she doesn't need a man to do all this stuff, and to like you know to have this motivation to do whatever. And I think it, it kind of goes down to like the origin of what Wonder Woman is and about compassion and stuff, and how yeah. she, she actually follows love. What did what did you guys think? Like, I don't want to get too much into like feminism and stuff like that, but like did you think it serviced women empowerment well?
0: I I think uh, I was a little surprised in that In a lot of the Wonder Woman comics I've read And I I, I have to honestly say It's not a ton of them But (laughs) from what I've read she is more of a man-hater Right? She is more of the kind of There's a scene where Steve Trevor sort of Helps her down from a plane I think or out of a boat Mm -hmm. And you know she takes his hand The Wonder Woman I'm used to would kind of swat that hand away And say hey I don't need your hand I can walk out of a boat myself You know? Yeah But what I was able to sort of accept and quickly move on and right to your point is that this is year one. This is day one of her seeing the rest of the world. It's a little bit more about that and that fish out of water aspect. And we're seeing her develop as a character. You flash forward to Batman versus Superman. She's different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She's a different woman. She's stronger, right? Yeah. yeah. She's got. A, this is just a year one. It's just baby Wonder Woman, really. So I was able to accept that and understand in in regards to the feminist feel of it that she's not fully developed yet. This is where year one, and she's just finding her way. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah,
2: I, yeah. The, in your point to the year one, she doesn't really know man yet yeah so she hasn't really developed an opinion of him yet so she can't really be like get that away from me i could do it myself i mean she's still she's still getting the customs and like finding her way in their world and all that kind of stuff so
3: um yeah the whole sexual just, thing too remember you remember yeah, that, like yeah. the sex books and stuff they you yeah. know uh, <laughs> men are necessary for reproduction but they're not necessary for pleasure pleasure yeah. that was great that was
2: yeah so, I mean, I, I didn't feel like it was too heavy handed with the whole um, like feminist agenda kind of thing. I actually think that it was a little light on it, um, which I'm glad it didn't go in the direction of like, well, I don't need any kind of man kind of thing, yeah. which it's true. I mean, a woman a woman can be completely um, independent and not have a man. And, you know, that, that's how society should view women. But I'm glad that they didn't go super heavy with it
0: yeah they,
3: they, they, I they agree had, they had the just like perfect amount of like where she is an, an independent woman but she does need n- not necessarily motivation to do something but like she needed that little bit of influence from Steve Trevor to like understand the world um, yeah and I think if that wasn't in there if that, that little relationship or that you know just that little bit of aspect of 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 having that influence from Steve Trevor wasn't there it, it would be a completely different movie and she would be a different character so I, yeah. I, I definitely say, as a story, in in, in as in the story writing wise, it it needed to be there. The whole relationship between him and Steve Trevor, it just goes yeah. on to the point where like I think Chris Pine just nailed it. Yeah.
0: Well, going back to your friend, Hyde Justin's friend, <laughs> <laughs> that was upset there wasn't enough of a feminist, you know, feel and whatnot. Uh, it's year one; she's going to change and develop, and we'll probably see a little bit more about that. But this was a a great jumping on point for sort of. An, a, you know for everyone to sort of a, a, to jump in there and, and relate on some different level so great point thank you for bringing that up let's bounce um, all over the place too yes jordan you got one go
2: yeah just just to add to the, the point um there were many times through the movie where chris pine would or steve Trevor's would tell her oh wait here like don't do that yeah. She, wouldn't, yeah she would just go off and do it and i and every time she did it, there i was like go. that's awesome like like why would she listen to him like she she knows what she's doing she's tough she's capable like and he is saying it from a from the society standpoint where he comes from like i'm a man she's a woman i'm in control like i need to protect her and she's like screw that i'm going to do
3: what i need to
0: do so great point. point so actually. there you go Justin's yeah. friend again another yeah. good point,
3: that's a good point. <laughs> and it, yeah i mean that makes sense too cuz if she didn't care about him later on you know what I mean Uh. then then that that whole aspect would have just never really made any sense you know so I I think that they 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 nailed it then I mean in my opinion I think they nailed it yeah yeah
0: Yeah, it was uh, again it's making a better well-rounded overall movie yeah so that there, you know, tons of people can relate to different aspects of it. That was one aspect, sure, and it was definitely there. An extra good point, Jordan. So there you go, uh, for your friend, <laughs> Erica. Erica, Erica. You should feel way better now. We totally laid that out and made you understand <laughs> <laughs> that it was an aspect and it was important. But there are a ton of others. Now, uh, yeah. again, I'm jumping all over the place uh, to women flying off horses.
3: Right? Their fighting style was ridiculous. Wasn't that Uh, nuts?
0: I mean, them just flying and swinging and flipping and bending down and jumping off and throwing, hitting three arrows at the same time. I mean, I Uh, loved every moment of uh, the Amazonians on horses. Yeah, the
3: action in general Uh was just phenomenal. Her fighting style in the war, the Amazon's fighting style in the beginning of the movie was just, it was beautiful, it was it was shot so perfectly, they used that bullet time effect type thing, yeah. I think they used it perfectly, uh, it can get a little overdone in some movies, but I think they used just enough of it to like, not go too cheesy. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a little 300-y, you know, if it
0: get a yeah. sense of that, but 300 was kind of too slow, like this, you know, there were just two moments like, where they had to show a lot of abs, like this was this was just done right to the the speeding up and the slowing down in the action, was beautiful mm-hmm. and it looked so just perfect right and the, the
2: camera wasn't shaky or anything so you really saw everything that was happening yeah. which is which was really important for those close-up scenes like in the later scene when she's um busts through those buildings to take out that whole regime that's taking over the town
0: yeah yeah just gorgeous i mean there's just so many standalone moments that were just beautiful in this film well uh I think I think everyone's got the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go see this movie. We highly recommend it. Uh, go see it again if you've already seen it, yeah. and it's what just. It, what uh, does it have on rotten
3: tomatoes right now? I think it's like a 93. It's like hundred and forty-seven percent. I think it's it's, it, it's not just a fan base movie. Um, yeah. I, it, it is critically, and I would say, from a film standpoint, it, it is a it's a really good film. You know, it's a good movie. Uh, go see it. You know, if you haven't seen it already, like. What, what's wrong with
0: you <laughs> if you look back and you and you look at say from for me the dark knight yeah
3: mm-hmm. nolan
0: verse right part two yeah. of three uh and then you go man of steel and you go you know suicide squad and oh, batman versus superman suicide squad it is the best in my opinion of the oh. post nolan verse yeah. Yeah. in my opinion
3: absolutely i agree
0: yep so buy it, watch it. Uh, <laughs> you know, don't see it on your phone or Ooh, one tablets. Thing, one thing watch it in the theater. Cool.
3: If you bought if you bought it off Fandango, they actually I don't know if it's still going. It might be only for the opening weekend. You have a little bit of time. Um, they give you a free comic comicsology like code, and you get three comics. I, I got three comics digitally. It was I haven't read them yet, but one's rebirth, uh, one's an older comic, and then one's like the origin of Wonder Woman. It's great. Um, I, I love when movies. Throw in little stuff like that. I know you went to see an IMAX. I don't know if you got a poster, but go see it. You know, great movie, beautiful.
0: Yes. Close it up, Jordan. What'd you think of this thing?
1: <laughs>
2: uh, I 100% agree with everything. You should definitely see this. This, um, in terms of origin story movies, like this one, really gets it right. Like you're never left at the end being like, eh. like yeah. what really happened or anything. Like it perfectly sets her up, and you're. Fully invested throughout the rest of the movie. So it's great. I mean, totally see it
0: And if you're a world war one buff, I know there's only about 12 out there fifteen <laughs> people, But uh, <laughs> there are accurate moments uh, like no man's land for instance was yeah. uh, accurate in the war and it's a war a lot of people Don't know about but uh, it definitely shines some light upon world war one and gives you a flavor of the different feel of that war I like that, you know from the gas and and other yeah. things that they were doing and really from like the Industrial Revolution starting sort of after that and how you know, even on horses. Some people were fighting on horseback. It was even just the time piece of it, I thought, was amazing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think that's, yeah, we're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we, nailed, we
0: got all that in. So uh, moving on then, of course, uh, another thing that's uh, floating around in our nerd lobes here. Let's just jump right into some comic book and movie TV news. So let's jump right in there. What do you have, Justin? You got something right off the bat.
3: Yeah, um, well, on the topic of Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Woman passed 100 million in its opening weekend already. it's still Sunday. We're recording this on Sunday. Um, it it yes. broke the record for the, um, the, the highest grossing opening weekend for a film directed by a woman. So congratulations, awesome. Patty Jenkins. You got that record. Um, and it's going to just make ukupiles of money, man. Like this is going to go crazy. Um,
0: you make grandma happy with ukupiles. <laughs> with ukupiles. <laughs> my, my mom's That's going, you said
3: piles. It's very <laughs> annoying. But yeah, so it, uh, congratulations. You know, it's, Domestically 100 million already in in its opening weekend it still has today left to do. that's wonderful. I, yeah. I can't wait to see how much this movie makes worldwide, you know, all that stuff. Um just just love it.
0: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You got anything Justin? Um or Jordan any uh, like comic book movie TV news? You got
3: something? Oh
2: man, no. I honestly no. I haven't I haven't been to in that world right now. I've been working on Zombie <laughs> Destroyers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Woohoo.
0: Uh,
2: and that's fine. What just you got another one. I just one got just... back from a wedding in Seattle, so. Oh nice. Oh nice. Shout out!
3: Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second one, the second one I wrote down actually was um the Valerian trailer. Uh, I don't oh, know if you yeah. guys saw that opening to yeah. Wonder Woman, the Valerian trailer. I to me th- this movie was so far in the back of what I think of like a comic book movie, but this is this is a comic book. Uh, um. It the trailer was beautiful. You, I mean, I don't know if you plugged your ears for this one, but <laughs> no, I uh, watched it. Yeah, it was gorgeous on the on the vein of Avatar. That it was that beautiful. Um, I don't know too much about the book. Uh, I don't know if you've read it. I know it's European, um, but uh, Luke Masson, you know, from the Fifth Element. And I don't know oh. if you guys. I don't know if you guys caught in the trailer the symphonic like the orchestra playing in the background. They're playing Gangster's Paradise. By yes, Julio. I did catch that. It was right. great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I did>.
0: yeah. <laughs> and
3: so. Uh, been spending most our lives <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um I, I like the trailer i'm probably gonna go see this i i i've heard yeah. some some good things i've heard some bad things I, we'll see um are you guys excited about this what did you guys think of the trailer
0: yeah polished gorgeous i mean yeah yeah from I, since fifth element <laughs> uh, yeah. You're right and who was the uh, art direction because there was a clothing designer that was the art director on the fifth element uh, Is back uh-huh. for this I wouldn't even Help know me I even know But that. it I is a clothing, amazing clothing person That was all in the influence of it, but element But I heard that that person's back anyway for this <laughs> nice. If any of you look it up and see it But yeah, I'm excited about it It's because it looks yeah. a little fresh, a little different Like something we haven't seen And has, I don't know, a Matrix vibe to it
3: Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That.
0: So I'm down with it And the my next topic, which I'm going to plug my ears And let you guys talk about it In semi-spoiler-ish alert Justice League it. trailer you two go I'm gonna plug my ears you guys both saw it I didn't look at it I closed my ears I closed my eyes um, but uh, it has to be discussed right Justice yeah. League trailer you two go
3: what do you think man uh, <laughs> you know what
2: uh, I didn't get a justice League trailer you didn't you didn't see it no, Oh, they man.
3: I'm the only one.
2: Oh god, um, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> I was actually really surprised that I didn't. Like, I was, I thought that was gonna be a for sure thing, but I didn't see. It. I didn't get up and use the bathroom. I was sitting there the whole time. No, <laughs> there was because no. Just didn't justice. show it. Yeah,
3: they showed it in mine, but it is also the same trailer from. I think it's the final theatrical trailer. I don't know if they're coming out with another one, but uh. It was uh, it was good. I mean, I don't know I don't know if you guys want me to spoil it He's my dad's covering Go his ears. Go for it. Go right crazy. Now. I'm covering my ears. But Aquaman, <laughs> dude, oh my god. Yeah. I am so excited for for Aquaman just to see whatever. Um the the little aspects of action you get in this trailer are just gorgeous. They look beautiful. Um I mean, this obviously is is a Zack Snyder movie, you can tell from you know all the CG going on and stuff. But it is it, I'm extremely excited. Now that I've seen Wonder Woman, I know what she's all about now, and she's in Justice League. I am outstandingly excited. I, I can't wait for this movie. Can I yeah. step
0: out of the soundproof booth now? Is it well, okay? Yeah. To, can I roll yeah. the window down of the soundproof <laughs> booth? All right, there we go. Rolled it back down. All right. <laughs> um, what else you got?
2: I do have one thing that I just kind of thought of, um, and I'm sure you guys already know the news of the Hellboy reboot yes. <clears throat> <clears throat> with um, with the sheriff from Stranger Things, David yeah, Harbour, yeah. however you pronounce his last name. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being him,
2: how do you, how do you want them to, to portray Hellboy? Do you want them to do again, like a practical effects, mostly kind of thing like they did with uh, the last portrayal, or do you want something a little bit more on the CG side
3: I'm, I'm I'm a big supporter of practical effects yeah I, I would rather see I'd rather see you know real monster costumes and 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 all that stuff um I, I've as far as hellboy goes I haven't read too much I've you know I've read a lot of what's come out lately um and it's good you know David harbor I think can nail it but uh I, it, going back to what you said I don't want I, I don't really want to see a lot of CG, except for maybe in the action parts when it's a necessity, you know, when you need it. But I I would totally, I'm a total big supporter of practical effects. I'd rather see actual makeup. I'd rather see, you know, actual in-camera action. Um,
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's how I would see it. What do you think, Jordan?
2: Yeah, um, I agree. I I really like the, the whole practical effect thing. I was like, with Star Wars, I was so happy when they went back to more practical effects for The Force Awakens and everything. So I would like them to keep it mostly practical um one thing i didn't like about the ron perlman adaptations um was he had like the eyes didn't feel like hellboy eyes they were just like regular with like irises kind of thing i feel like they should maybe do something there to i don't know make them glow a little or give them the batman effect i don't know and uh, however they can give him like his hooves yeah, like, in the Ron Pro once he always wore boots. I, I don't know. He felt a little too human for being not human in in the yeah a, a Boy movie, so I, I feel like they need to do something to to make him a little bit more creature creature yeah. feel Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Mostly mostly practical. What about you Chris?
0: I'm in the line with you as far as they need to create it uh, create something that just looks different, right? Yeah, I think they need to uh, I think that's inevitable, right? Uh, but it yeah. needs to be a little bit of a departure from how it looked before, and if the if the practical and and c g effects blend well and right. they complement each other and maybe c g effects to the level of we don't really we really can't tell, yeah for the most part that's what it's about because we can always tell in majority of them ninety percent right uh-huh. I mean I think when I go back, I think about avatar we know that was all c g but it just felt all real, yeah, and right? I think that hellboy just needs that. To really mm-hmm. sort of ground it in reality And uh, you're right Some of the quirks of Hellboy for me Like his eyes I know I've seen like a pupilling effect Where the eyes are white But there's sort of an extra white pupil I know that yeah. probably people in the movies Like to see a pupil Just
3: have right? so a contacts
0: Yeah, just have sure context. But yeah, even a yeah. white, white I like I've seen in even a, I don't remember what it was It was that trade paperback That I read about Hellboy It was like when his, when his eyes turned It was a whiter pupil And it just mm. oh. They could take some of that, and it would look yeah. more true to form in the comics anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But cool. as long as they make uh, just really good stories, and the CG and the practical effects are seamless, and we really can't tell that it's CG, uh, I would definitely lean more towards practical, because it just feels right. It, we just, you, there's an emotional connection that happens, right, with, with real yeah. effects. And we yeah. detach ourselves from that emotion when we see CG, because we just know it. So yeah. if they can make it more seamless. CG is getting better. Um, that's, that's my take on that. Yeah. Yeah,
3: Great. Um, so the next one I had, and this could be the the last one unless you guys had something else, um, was that there was an Instagram picture posted by Josh Gad of, you know, frozen and (laughs) and stuff. He posted a picture on Instagram of him standing in front of, it looks like the DC offices with Jeff Johns. And he's holding a a comic book uh, animated. It's from the animated series of the Penguin. (laughs) and it was released quack, quack, quack. <laughs> it was released uh, you duck <laughs> um...
0: That's a 66 tv show he always want uh, Yeah. Quack, 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 quack. yeah. Um, Burgess Meredith
3: so he's actually expressed interest in wanting to play the penguin and i think he he has the look you know he has the look he's, he's a little bit tubbier i mean i don't want to say that you know he's fat but he's he he's he's on the bigger side you know he's got the he can do the comedy you know the the sort of cheesy aspect that the penguin always has um I I I would like to see him as the penguin. I mean, if he could pull that off, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think he's alluding to something. Yeah, Something's something's in the works. He's either talking to somebody, maybe signing contracts. Who knows? But he's there at the DC offices with Jeff Johns, who is sort of the main producer uh, of the DCEU the movies. So who yeah. knows?
0: Yeah. yeah. Why would he toy with our emotions like that? You know? Why, <laughs> why would he mess with the world? You know? I could just, I like it's I a
2: strange, it's a strange thing to just post if it's not leading to yeah. something.
0: I would love to be, I would love to be in the inside of that marketing group and just, yeah. you know, well, well, you know, they can't tell with our emotions that way. But for some reason, I just hear the two words in my head when I think of Josh Gad as the Penguin. I hear in winter, you know, like, oh, instead of no. summer, because right. <laughs> he's the Penguin. I can see the fan art parodies already. Oh, right, my I just made a meme. That was a podcast meme. <laughs> In the <laughs> winter. <laughs> but yeah i love that i I'm, I'm all for it i'm a big fan of gad so i i hope that happens i, I yeah. want to see that so does that close it does that close our comic book movie and tv news yeah,
3: for the
0: moment, yeah on to the next thing then in our nerd brains which is image plus magazine number 14 is out and they have decided to go in this sort of volume two feel they're new and improving it and there's gonna be a ton of more pages. There's going to be a ton of more like a lot more content. I've already got it here. It's it's gorgeous. This particular issue, go get it. I'll break it down quickly. There is always a great letter from letter from the editor, and in the front page they talk about music that is used quite often in comics and how music influences them. I love that. There's a humongous interview with Todd McFarlane in this. You gotta you gotta read it, it's the good. God okay. Yes, icon. He gives a couple of little nuggets in here that I did not know. I was just pleasantly surprised from Mr. Todd McFarlane. He's always, he's always on the edge. Uh, there's a great article here with Cena Grace, who I loved. His lil depressed boy. Did you ever read that, Jordan? Lil depressed boy from Cena Grace. Uh, no, I
1: haven't.
0: It's super good. You should. It's right in your wheelhouse. Especially you live in Oregon. It just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> there would seem to be a lot of people walking around like a little depressed boy. But anyway. <laughs> That's what people call me. They, they, they <laughs> point to so as I walk down the street. They say, look at that little depressed boy. <laughs> <laughs> and you ultra relate to this. So you should read that. So it's Cena <laughs> Grayson there talking about that. And another. Uh, I can't believe it, it's so long between issues, but uh, Rocket Girl number eight's coming out. I think Rocket Girl number seven was like a year and a half ago. So it's hard <laughs> to sort of keep the. Uh, keep consciousness of that particular comic but it's coming back and there's like seven comics that they premiere that are coming out that i don't want to go into each and every one you got to look at them they're all really good this month and they always sort of spotlight a local comic book shop so it's wonderful that they're putting the word out there to local comic book shops i love that and it of course finishes up with the origin of negan walking dead issue number 14 negan's origin story what do you as, think of that?
3: As you throw the magazine onto the floor. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm behind on, on those, uh, but I know they're going to compile them, probably make an actual like, you know, uh, 20-something page comic, right? Uh, I'll, I'll definitely buy that.
0: Yes, but I recommend to you both and to everyone listening... Go read Image Plus magazine. If you read Image comics, you'll love it. There's always new stuff in there. Uh, they they even have like a word finder kind of little puzzle. It's just a lot of a ton of new little things, new and improved, a bigger page count, for two bucks or free if you buy the preview that comes out every month and a half. That gigantic yellow pages preview that comes out. But uh, get it. It's fantastic. Image Plus magazine. Uh, an easy two dollars. It's it's phenomenal. So moving on, next thing on our Nerd Brains here is the, it's kind of just me for this because I just experienced it, but the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout Ride at Disney California Adventure. You guys desperately both want to go and see this, right? Yes, I do.
2: <laughs> July 1st cannot come soon enough.
0: Yes. We'll go with you. We'll probably hang out, oh, man, and, or I'll stalk you, and we'll if you. buy me a ticket.
3: Someone <laughs> please buy just me a
0: look, ticket. Just look for that little depressed boy walking around. <laughs> Oh, there he is, right there! Call <laughs> back. Come on, happiest place on earth. So you better look, not be.
3: Tell us <laughs> about it. I mean, like, don't spoil the whole damn thing because I want to experience it. But what, what, what's it? What is
0: it? Well, on the way to it, they're they're doing this Summer of Heroes, this Marvel Summer, Summer oh. of Heroes event at Disney California Adventure. So there's banners up all over the place of Marvel characters saying Hero Up, and the food now they have this. This Groot bread that I couldn't get. It was sold out everywhere. But it's jalapeno cheese Groot bread in the shape of his face with with olives for eyes. And it's probably $700, but I don't care. I I want one. (laughs) Because it looks phenomenal. But they've changed a bunch of food to go along with the themes. And there was a kiosk set up that we have no idea what the kiosk was for, but we jumped in line. You do this sort of 15-question sort of survey, and it, and it builds the kind of character they believe you would be based on this survey. And give you an actual comic, which I grabbed. It's a Summer of Heroes comic. And there's uh, some noticeable art- artists and writers that are doing this little mini-comic. And some, like, cool stickers. And then, like, this whole sort of area where they take your pictures with this awesome Marvel backdrop. So I'll be posting them very soon on Instagram, at Sunspots Comics. So just follow us, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But that was just on the way there. We were experiencing that. And I just posted that uh, Black Widow on the back of this cool-looking truck tank thing. She just kind of yeah. scrolls down the middle of the street. It was kind of cool. Yeah. But um, the ride itself... There was not even really any remnants of the Tower of Terror. It really just felt completely redone and revamped. And the immersive aspect of before you got into the ride itself was probably more interesting and exciting than the ride itself. I mean, it it was uh, very much Tower of Terror, and they did tweak that. And there's a lot of sort of moments from a particular character in Guardians of the Galaxy that you actually see in animatronic form. That's all I'll say. (laughs) But it's so converted well. It it doesn't really have that feeling of Tower of Terror. It really has something special. The collector's uh, sort of warehouse is what you're what you're really seeing there, and it's gloriously done to the teeny little details, to a lot of as they said. There are there's Marvel Easter eggs there. There's Guardians of the Galaxy Easter eggs there. But it is super super duper well done. I can't recommend it enough.
3: Yeah, I, 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 I'm jealous, man. I, I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I gotta say.
0: All right. Well, uh, that closes up the nerd brain stuff. So let's get into real, we'll, real quickly here. Oh, the last thing that's on my nerd brain is that I'm writing a comp called Zombie Destroyers. I'm doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering, and you Jordan are. Hudson, co-host, is doing his beautiful art. Again, find him on Instagram at jordan_hudson_art. Your art is beautiful, my friend. Thank it's So you. nice to have you here. So I'm looking at it in the Sunspots <laughs> Comic Studio. It's all around me. I love it. So, give us an update. Tell the folks where we are on issue number one of Zombie Destroyers, and how's it going?
2: Oh yeah, it's going great. Uh, pages twenty-two and twenty-three, which are going to be a combined splash, um, are in the final yes. stages of <laughs> in the final stages of penciling, pending your approval. So, waiting on you, boss. <laughs> uh, boss. <laughs> <That's> so weird. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, they're going going good. They're they're like I said, final stages of penciling and uh once that's done, then I'll hit the hit the inking and it's almost done. We're on the, we're on the tail end of issue 1, man.
0: I felt the splash page and without spoiling everything in sort of design uh from storytelling aspect was challenging. Was this one of yeah. the more challenging spots for you? Yeah, it's the first um
2: two-page splash that I've done, so I don't want to spoil it, but I'm um, trying to come up with, with a theme that, that uh, combines all the panels together without it being just like a static square after square after square kind of thing. Um, I wanted to do something a little bit challenging, and I think that I did it. So um, yeah, only time will tell and whatever the fans think of it. So oh, man, it's uh, I, I'm
3: excited for it. Well, it's beautiful. Uh, on the topic of Zombie Destroyers, man, when you come back down here, um yeah. my dad gave me a uh, a print of page 1. Oh. Uh, and I really want you and my dad to sign it and oh, I'm going to frame oh. it. Um, cuz yeah, I mean it's, it's gorgeous. I mean I'm looking at all your pages right now and like I I could frame every piece of this. You know, I mean my dad already has so I'm just be copying <laughs> him. But uh yeah, I, I really want you to sign it when you come back down and I really want my dad to sign it um just, you know, throwing my two cents in there.
0: Nice. Yeah. Man. You're like a, you're like one of our first fans. You're <laughs> You're like fan number one. Unintentionally, number... <laughs>
3: unintentionally.
0: Well, thank you. You absolutely can have that. You betcha. For the low cost of $99. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Signing <laughs>
1: fee.
2: Signing fee.
0: <laughs> but thank you again, Jordan, for doing your fabulous art on this and helping me have my dreams come true. I appreciate it. And I can't wait to see where we continually go from here and develop the story as Zombie Destroyers. It's just been a dream come true with you, man. Thank you. From the bottom it's of my heart.
2: Dream. It's a dream come true for me, too. So... Collaborating on this with you is awesome. So thank you. Awesome.
3: Oh, you got your friends. So good.
0: <laughs> Well, quickly, I just want to move on and mention now a segment called Spotlighting. We ha- I've got three or four people waiting, uh, and sort of we're trying to schedule things out to have some interviews here on future podcasts, so I just want to mention that they're coming. We call it the Spotlighting segment, and what basically we do is if you yourself or you know someone that's an independent comic book creator like us, like me and Jordan, and even Justin, he's writing some stuff, we want to help shine some Sunspots Comics love on you and support you, those struggling creators out there, because it's tough to get your work out there so if you're a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letterer, just send us a link to, of your work or even a review copy to our emails. You can hit me or Justin up. I'm Chris at Sunspots Comics and you are
3: Justin at Sunspots Comics.
0: And of course, just hit us on the social media at Sunspots Comics as well. We definitely want to do our part and help struggling comic book creators or even ones that are just doing it. They're not struggling. <laughs> they're, they're like successful. They're doing it because some mm. of those folks are coming very soon in very in in future podcasts but i just wanted to quickly mention our segment called spotlighting so send us your work if you'd like to be interviewed here on a future podcast so next up i actually have a comic book origin story so we've all got our wikipedia's open on the creator of wonder woman (laughs) william Moulton marston and you should definitely go online and look at his wiki but there's there's some things that i wanted to mention quickly on this because he's definitely the innovator one of the founding fathers of just comic books in general, but he was also a just a, a, a an inspiring, legendary creator or, or family member of the movement of the you know female rights of, of feminism and bringing sort of you know just. Bringing the the idea and the concepts of that you know women are should be created equal to the world. He's one of those founding fathers. And uh, do you guys have that open? Do you have any? Uh, I'm, we'll just jump all over the place. But I have a couple things I want to <laughs> read from him. But what what were you surprised to find out about the creator of Wonder Woman? Again, his name is William Moulton Marston. Start us off, Jordan.
2: Oh, you know, um,
0: let's start with
3: Justin. <laughs> oh, well, uh, uh, I. When I learned about him, I actually learned about him through a podcast that I listened to called Geek History Lesson, and they sort of go over a little bit of it, you know. Um, but what I was kind of, you know, shocked to find out, he actually invented, like, the polygraph, um, the polygraph test, and that's sort of an aspect of One Roman that he sort of infused, you know, the lasso, lasso of truth. Of truth. Um, he, he invented that, and he had, like, he's been known in the science um, aspect of his life before he was even... In comic books, um, I I just thought that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like you yep. get like you get writers. I forget who's writing Daredevil right now. Um, Charles Soul. Charles Soul, who's a lawyer. You yeah. know what I mean? These people are doing things, real things in life, and then he, they go to the pretend world and you know mess around and have fun. So I think that's that's awesome. Um, he, he you know he was a scientist. He was he was you know known for being you know intellectual and, and and he was a well-known science person so i thought that was cool um i don't, I don't know what else he got. yeah i
0: mean he's a harvard professor educated in, in harvard and he uh, also created the systolic blood pressure test which led him to the polygraph which then led him to be inspired to the wonder woman lasso of truth so he yeah. was an inventor and he also just published work there was something he did here in 1940 that i thought was really interesting in the early 1940s there was a a publication at the time that was called the american scholar so i saw that it was a big deal this publication and it was in 1943 that he wrote in there this passage that i want to read and it says and this just moved me uh, really deeply not even girls want to be girls so long as our feminine archetype lacks force strength and power not wanting to be girls they don't want to be tender submissive Peace-loving as good women are, women's strong qualities have become despised because of their weakness. The obvious remedy is to create a feminine character with all the strength of Superman, plus all the allure of a good and beautiful woman. Like wow,
2: <laughs>
0: Jordan's standing <laughs> so up and clapping,
2: Mr. Marston. Wow, that, that's like that is some crazy progressive thinking for that for the time. Like yes. that's so impressive and so cool.
3: Yeah, he was—he was, uh, was definitely—I I would say a I mean—feminist, you know, innovator. You yeah. know, he, he he sort of started. He was one of the only person- people writing a woman comic. You know, with a woman headliner in the time, and that's nuts. And you know, to 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 jump to now, yeah. where there's a movie and he's credited. You know, with all the stuff, it's it's great. His legacy is gonna live. You know, it's awesome.
0: And I saw here, too, that it was uh, really the idea of Marston's wife, Elizabeth Holloway Marston, to create Wonder Woman as a female superhero. I guess originally Marston's idea was to have a guy, Yeah. and ah. it was her idea. And then also in that he had, like, one of those open relationships. He had a wife and he had a girlfriend that both lived with him. Oh, crazy. And even after he died, they lived together and stayed living together till they died, I guess, or one of them died. But uh, – Ultimately, it was the influence, kind of an amalgamation of these two strong women in his life that he created Wonder Woman. So just just they need to get some of that props as well. They're part of that (laughs) legacy. Uh, Olive was the in his wife, Elizabeth. As co-creators of One Woman, just based on their personalities, I thought that's that was interesting in itself. Another that's forward thinker, progressive person that had this sort of open relationship and lived with his wife and his girlfriend. <laughs> that that was strange for that time, especially. You know, they must have been considered witches. You know, and yeah, <laughs> back then. Yeah,
3: for real. Uh, um, y- you can't you know hide the fact that there's some there's some controversy there. You know, but definitely for right. the time too. For, yeah, for the time of you know having a wife and a girlfriend. But uh, you know, I mean. What what else can you really say that good came out of this? You know, yeah. uh, he, he's inspirational as far as for women, you know, prog- uh, being progressive and and women empowerment and stuff. So that's beautiful. Wow.
0: Yes. Anything else left there, Jordan, about Mr. William Moulton Marston, the creator of Wonder Woman?
2: No, not uh, just that. It's it's crazy how these people that create these these awesome characters like Wonder Woman and stuff usually have such a crazy and accomplished past. Like they've accomplished so many other things and it's just like, and then they only get recognized for the one thing that they did, which (laughs) is mostly known for Wonder Woman, which as if you read about him is an achievement of its own, but he's done so much. Like he's a brilliant, brilliant person.
0: Right. Innovator and founding father of the comic book world. We uh, salute you. Thank you again. (laughs) So moving on now to our favorite part of the podcast. This is where we talk about our comic book reviews and recommendations, where we pick our favorites. We pick the great ones that came out new comic book day, Wednesday, May 31st. And of course, Justin and Jordan, semi spoilerish alert. Tell the folks.
2: Oh yes. Don't worry. We work really hard every week to harness the powers of persuasion on inspiring you to buy these comics so we really try not to completely spoil them. We especially try not to discuss the last few pages, but just in case, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And uh,
3: if you want to see everything that we're reading, um, our favorite picks uh, since May of 2015. Actually, I, I didn't even realize this. We we just passed our two-year anniversary. That's right. Uh, but... You know, to be on the point, yeah. We just passed Happy birthday. To your birthday. Happy birthday, birthday Sunspots, Sunspots Comics. comics. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you can go to sunspotscomics.com. Click on the poll list to see our updated 148 titles that we Ooh. buy. Um, also, click on the top uh, comic books of the week to see all our past top picks. And uh, we're updating sunspotscomics.com, so we're super proud of it. Please check it out. You know, future changes are coming, especially to the blog and stuff. You know, that's my aspect. But yeah, um, sunspotscomics.com. Go
0: that's awesome and now we pick a art winner and a cover art winner i uh justin and i agreed upon this we'll talk about what jordan's is but it was this week art winner and cover artist winner is mr greg smallwood for moon Knight yes. issue number 14 follow him on instagram twitter and everything at savage smallwood and uh jordan tell us though what was yours what you i knew you were kind of split but you also had this as well mr greg smallwood
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Gray Smallwood as well. It was split yeah. between him and Fiona Staples um, with, uh, featuring uh-huh. the Fruit Stripe gum mascot. <laughs> yes. But, Fruit Stripe.
1: Yeah. The
2: Western <laughs> uh, <motif> was great. <laughs> no, I mean, Fiona Staples always knocks it out of the park, but Gray Smallwood just has, I mean, his style, his almost photorealistic faces and. But the simplistic like clothing that he draws—it's—it's it's this weird. I can't put my finger on his style, but it's so nice to look at.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, from from the art aspect of it, I—I I, and tell me what you think of this too, Jordan. You being an artist, it uh, seems like the whole thing is just is drawn with colored sand. Yeah, like it was
2: sandblasted. It's right. crazy. Yeah.
3: It, yeah, it, his I
2: shadows see. aren't lines. It's—it's it's all just this like like you said, sand. It's really crazy.
3: Yeah. I, you know, being, you know, me and my dad are are mostly writers, you know, I really mm-hmm. like to, to like get your opinion on art. Like I'd like, I'd like to discuss that further, maybe on like another episode or something but like sure. just go into like the deeper aspects of some of the art that you, maybe you really enjoy. That'd be kind of mm-hmm. cool. Maybe like a spotlighting episode with Jordan. That'd be great. Art. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Greg Smallwood uh, never fails to like astonish me with yeah. like his psychedelic, you know, panel work. Um, the story that's going on just totally, you know, he feeds off of it, and you can mm. tell he's just going nuts. You know, he's drawing all yeah. these crazy, you know, landscapes in the desert, and it's it's gorgeous. Uh, yeah, I, I love the colors too. I, I who did the colors on this? I, I forget. Was it um, Belair, Jordy Belair? I think Belair, it is, Jordy Belair.
0: Who is like the the creme de la creme? She is the top of the mountain as far as colorisco, and yeah. uh, boy, she really grabbed that ethereal ethereal look with the stars mm-hmm. and the sky and the blue and the purple. But uh, even the symmetrical cover, right? It was like yeah. a pile of of of, of uh, Mark Specters and and <laughs> Moonlight Moonlight in different sort of forms, and that strange one where he's even wearing like a spacesuit. Fighting each other in this pyramid form, and then on top of that, it's behind this this gorgeous ethereal sky. What is, his yeah. is that
3: character's name? Konchu? Sure. Yeah. Sitting at
0: yeah. the top, right? With just evil almost twiddling a mustache <laughs> with his hands in in you know parked there. It's just gorgeous.
2: I mean, if if I could jump back, um, I think Greg Smallwood did one of my favorite covers of all time, and it's actually the one where um, He's taking the mask off.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. In the
2: white background. It's just so simple, but everything is perfect. There's not a line that's out of place on that page or on that cover. And it's it's like to this day, every time I see it, I'm like, this is like the best cover I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> it's stunning. I've seen a shirt of it and a poster. I need I need all of those. That's crazy. That's yeah. like one of your favorite covers of all time. Wow.
2: Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. And it,
0: it's constantly an art winner, Greg Smallwood. It's constantly a cover art winner. Yeah. And uh, uh, sad to say, this looks like this is the end of uh, yeah. this team, the bands breaking up, but um, it was the only, uh, this entire week that for, for comics, it was the only uh, art that I captured and took photos of to have backgrounds on my phone and my work PC <laughs> and my home iMac, it was, it's just everywhere, because each and every single panel uh, stands alone by itself. And talk about the emotions on the faces, if you can, Jordan. Like, what did you think of that? From from the eyelines to the different emotions. I'm jealous. <laughs>
2: uh, faces, um, to me, I think are next to hands, like some of the hardest things to draw and properly, just emulate. Like feeling, feeling and emotions are so difficult um, because it's so easy to go from like, if you want to draw someone to be surprised it's really hard to get that balance between surprise and like making them look sad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all a bunch of different things to like the crinkle of the nose to the furrow of the brow to like the curve of the lips. It's, it all has to be perfect and he just nails it. And I mean, like if you look at all the three like visible, four visible emotions going on, like you can see it all here and it's all like, there's no way to misconstrue what's going on, right? I need,
3: yeah, uh, I mean, keep going, man. I could just listen to that all day. Okay. <laughs> I mean,
0: and the I mean, panel work, right? The panel yeah. work—it's all over the place. I mean, from different shapes, different sizes. The white background, which really brings that to the—you know—just just the stark contrast. Yeah. Gorgeous, right? Just absolutely stunning.
2: Yeah, I'm just—I'm just clicking through it right now, just to just <laughs> to pull it pull it up, but. I mean, I I love his pages when he just does the, like, four big long panels. Yes. yes. And he he seems to do it pretty frequently, which I'm not complaining because it's always just more real estate for him to just do more with, and it's always gorgeous.
0: And then he does panel bleeds in those long four horizontal pages where usually the yeah. last one then has art jumping out of the lines and even filling the edge of the page. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just nuts.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. I, I no complaints. Uh, I, I'm. I I think I'm gonna look up some small wood art.
2: Oh, it's just stunning. Um, yeah. And actually, I didn't know about him really until like until you recommended him, Chris. And I'm nice. glad to see it because he is. oh, God, he's so good. <laughs> There's really yeah. not much
0: more to say. He's, he's just... one to emulate. I, if I could even draw anything, I, I would. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah. You
3: know, that, yeah, if what came out of my you know art wasn't you know like <laughs> gibberish pictures, uh, yeah. I yeah I definitely wish I could like steal some art talent from this guy. It's, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. doing uh, the Lord's work here. It's crazy. He's uh, he's one to follow, one to emulate. So easily our artist winner and cover art winner this week. I'm glad that I sort of talked you into out of Fiona Staples and over. To the dark side, <laughs> but uh, fantastic. So, give us the breakdown, Jables.
3: All right. So, uh, out of uh, 18 comics that we bought this week, 10 of them made it to the Great Ones recommendations list. Yes. Over 50%. That's over 50%, which r- it's pretty. It's a rarity now sometimes. Right. Um. So, an excellent week of comics. Just great. Um. New number ones. We got two of the 18 were new uh, number ones, and one of them made it to the Great Ones which is 50%, which is good. Um, so let's get into the top comics. Uh, let's do it. I'm going to I'm gonna bounce out for this one so you guys do this. Um, it was great to talk to you, Jordan. had a lot Yikes. of fun. Uh, I wish to, you know, let's do this again sometime. Let's, like I said, we should do a little spotlighting where we just talk about deep into art and like what Jordan does with art. And let's stuff do that. Like that. Let's do that. Um had a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Tell Nick we said hello. Yeah, we'll tell him. Yeah, we're, <laughs> I'm on my way right now, actually. So take it easy, guys.
0: Alright so we'll cover this, thanks Justin See you later Jables, tell Uncle Nick we said hello (laughs) And and enjoy watching (laughs) Solution, so here we go That's you and me Jordan, let's start out uh, This is the, uh, by the way This is is our top comic book recommendations This is the Great Ones list folks For New Comic Book Day May 31st We consider these the greatest of the great comic books So go to your local comic book shop And buy these immediately So on to the countdown, let's start in at Number 10, what do we got at number 10 there Jordan? (laughs)
2: We have the Black Road, the finale.
0: The finale? I mean, (laughs) I I I'm sad that it's over, but I love Brian Woods. By the way, this is an image comic. This is brought to you by uh, Brian Wood on art and or uh, on writing, and the art and cover is Gary Brown, which also I follow Gary Brown on Instagram. He's really good, G A R R Y. But uh, what were your initial thoughts on Black Road number ten, Jordan?
2: Um. I really, I really liked it. Um, there's the art for it. I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. I really don't think there is any comparison for it. It's, it's like gritty and character caricature esque, but it's, it's so simplistic and beautiful. Um, I haven't been following too much of the black road. Um, (laughs) So well, it's I can't over. Speak too much. Yeah. Free. yeah, it's over. So, <laughs> but I mean, I, I need to go back now. See, I'm for all the listeners out there. I'm usually a uh, trade paperback kind of guy. Um, I'm usually pretty busy, so I don't have a lot of a, a lot of time to go out and buy single comics and read them at the frequency in which you do. Um, so, <laughs> well,
0: thank um, you for reading all of them because I know I, mean, it's, I usually uh...
2: wait for. for... Nice. Yeah, no, for sure. Um,
0: but yeah, this your whole, this holy road to redemption is over. You have this main character here that was trying to initially take this daughter of this uh, preacher in his town uh, to the holy land where she would be safe. And he's also at the same time sort of questioning his religion and trying to understand if, you know, he's from this sort of Norsk, uh, you know, family and a pagan if you will and he's trying to find out you know is there a god and he's on this like i said this holy road to redemption and it's just gone mm-hmm. on this black road it's just gone all horribly wrong <laughs> ultimately um yeah. but i love the the sort of flashback here to when he's talking to the priest and he's still questioning his uh-huh. religion there and there's been times where he's asked he just straight up asked people like will i see my my dead wife and child in heaven and it seems like whenever he asks that, they just tell him, "You'll never see your whore wife again," because <laughs> he's a pagan.
3: And it's oh, like that—that
0: yeah. that theme is sort of continued on with this, and yet um, quite the sort of beautiful cinematic ending to this. Oh and, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: That's something that definitely really—I mean, for someone who hasn't been really following it, the ending is pretty impactful. Yeah. Like I realized what I was reading was like, "Ooh, this is this is pretty heavy."
0: Yes, it moved me emotionally and that's why it's a it's a top pick. It's going to be great in collection to read all 10, so you should definitely read them all together because it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Very much over, yeah. but uh I usually I usually
2: pick up the trades for all of the things that you recommend. So once it comes out, I'll definitely nice. pick up
0: thank you i'm glad i've influenced you that way he, he has good taste people
2: for all that are listening his thank recommendations you. recommendations are usually on point
0: oh thanks <laughs> so moving on to number nine we have from dark horse comics from the pages of hellboy uh issue number four of the visitor and how and why he stayed this is written by mike mignola We love Mike Mignola and Chris Robertson.
2: I do, which is why I'm ashamed to say that I wasn't able to get to this one.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, then I won't totally blow it, which I don't anyway. I'm just going to – it's definitely coming to an end. But the core of this story here was how this strange alien visitor actually meets a normal human woman and falls in love with her and what sort of happens with the passage of time here. He doesn't age and she does. So it's that – that sort of vampire story, where if a vampire falls in love uh, with a human, that human ages and he yeah. doesn't. And it's yeah. heartbreaking in this. Absolutely heartbreaking. A yeah, and it's a, kind of a departure from what we've been seeing. It's been kind of a fun comic book that just sort of peeks into Hellboy's life. So if mm-hmm. you're looking to see that, that's what this is. It's like, there's this alien follower. He believes that there is a massive bad guy that he wants Hellboy to be ready for. And in each of his observations, he's just saying, Man, Hellboy's not ready. Hellboy's not ready. Uh, he's be doing this better. And he at times has to sort of invisibly help out. It's like watching uh, Back to the Future 2, you know, where, where Marty's in there helping out, but you, he's never really seen. It's kind of that here with this alien because yeah. it's a glimpse back in time to Hellboy's life. But this really, the centerpiece of it, and it kind of broke my heart, is how he fell in love with this woman. He doesn't age, and she does, and she ends up having like um, dementia. Or, like, Alzheimer's. And... But the twist of it is, that's heartwarming, right? Rather than just totally crush your heart. (laughs) Is that she only remembers the good moments in her life. Oh. So that's the little twist of that sort of dementia and uh, Alzheimer's. Is that she's only remembering, like, the the really, like, cherished, loving moments that the two of them have had over the years. So, beautiful piece. Heartbreaking, but yet inspiring. The visitor and how... Why we stayed four or five. So this is ending very soon. So you can jump on it right now and, and grab it, Jordan, and just get in there and finish this. Not very First, dialogue heavy. So, yeah, as as uh,
2: Mignola's art usually or his stories usually aren't. I mean, as you can tell if you've read Head- Hellboy, he's uh, he's usually pretty silent for most of for most yeah. of the comic. So, I mean, I think that's just his writing style. And I love it. And um, yeah, I, I I am a complete Mignola fan. I got one of his skulls tattooed on my arm, so I'll definitely pick, be picking this up.
0: Nice. That's dedication right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, he even did this, uh, he did a cover for Nam Wolf, we'll talk about later. Speaking of uh, Mike Mignol, he actually drew it. I'll show it to you later. But it's of a wolf, and that's bleeding in this orange background. But I love when he does some art, too. And I, I have, a, like, a shirt and in a, in a sketch that he drew for me, and uh, they're, they're cherished. I love it. But now you tattooed yourself. I-
2: yeah, honorable mention to the to the Nom Wolf covers just by themselves. Oh, yeah. Look, those I really, really like those. Those are really cool.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, So that's our number nine pick, Go Get the Visitor, How and Why We Stayed, issue four or five, so it's ending very soon. But like I said, very dialogue light. You can pick it up and catch right up really fast. But uh, just a little bit of a heartbreaking but yet inspiring uh, issue. So coming in at number eight is from DC Comics, The Flash, issue number 23. Did you check this one out, Jordan?
2: I did check this one out. Yes.
0: Good. Tell us your thoughts. <clears throat> um, yes. Hold on one second. Oh, by the way, I'll just say while you're getting ready, uh, art. Uh, this is writing by Joshua Williamson, and this mm-hmm. is uh, art from "Returning to Art," which I'm so glad to see him back. Is uh, is Giuseppe Coley, I think, or is it the other one? Hold on, there's two of them. It's the longer <laughs> one. Sorry, D. so I'm so sorry, butchering. <laughs> I apologize. But yeah, tell me what did you think of this, Jordan Flash Twenty Three.
2: Yeah, um, as much as I love the rebirth, there's tales and everything, um, and I still find myself getting pretty confused. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: so, catch me up. Well, this is kind of a cool uh, DC Comics uh, team up, and it's yeah, uh, they it, uh, get uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern. So, yeah. I like that. Uh, this uh, picking up the art uh, where. Uh, from the Flash, last few issues, we haven't seen this artist. He's kind of taking a break,
3: Yeah.
0: but um, this just kind of fills you in on kind of what the Flash, what's going on with the Flash's life. So it is kind yeah. of a little bit of a recap. It probably would have been ranked higher if there was a little bit more sort of fresh new content. But it is kind of, it really sort of captured the fear that's going on within his mind and his life, and how much he cares for the people around him, but he's right. like ultimately afraid to lose them. Did you catch that?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean. I picked up the, the first trade for the Flash Rebirth and I read through, and, I mean, he seems to be having a pretty tough time um, yeah. just with the whole being pulled back and, like, people being coming back into his life, and it's a very emotional journey for, for Barry.
0: Yes. The big part of it, too, was that we saw in The Button, that, that series, we yeah. saw the Reverse Flash die, and uh-huh. uh, this is only a mini – because, of course, it's super hard to kill the Reverse Flash, but this is only a mini-spoiler – uh, we do see a little twinkle in his eye here from the corpse of the reverse flash. Just, you, you catch yes. that little blink in his eye. I
2: did. I did catch that. Yeah.
0: So we know the reverse flash is coming back. That's kind of a, it's kind of a big deal.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: You got a really cool, um, don't want to spoil it, but,
2: uh, there's one point where they're where they're fighting, and there's a certain a certain um, overwhelming swarm that happens. That when I read it, I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Yes, yeah,
0: <laughs> multi multiplex uh, than yeah. we've seen before, but yeah, to, that was a a really kind of impending doom, very sort of claustrophobic yeah. scene, right?
2: Uh huh. Yeah, really cool. And and uh, the Flash's line after after he sees it is really, is really fits. Oh, it's yeah. like.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well said. That is a good. It's a good line. We don't. We don't spoil it for you. But yeah. it's a good team up. I thought they paired really well, like the Flash and Green Lantern. Oh
2: yeah, I mean, I think throughout a lot of DC Comics, the Flash and the Green Lantern usually get along, and they usually have a pretty good play off of each other. So anytime that they're there are together, it usually works out in their favor.
0: Yeah, some glorious uh, two page splash right with just the two of them just yeah. running right towards you, and it's Headlong, that, just that. You know, <laughs> Yeah, that yellow and green splash of sort of lightning and color—it just was, it was glorious. It just yeah. made me happy. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, and it does seem like we're going to see more of this character multiplex. So I think it's just kind of the introduction as to where this is going. So um, yeah. check out the Flash; it's been super good. And if and if this artist uh, is uh, when he's on it, I'm buying it. Period. <laughs> Story. Because <laughs> he's uh, that good. Again, it's Carmine D jen <laughs> i'm so sorry but joshua williams of course writing who oh, i love his stuff on the birthright series that he, he's doing as well so right. glorious, glorious glorious so get the flash you cannot go wrong it's fun and again dc team up right Green Lantern. yeah
2: i love it when they do that stuff
0: all right so coming in at number seven tell us what's number seven <laughs> this one is cable Number one, right? Number one. Yep, the only number one that made it to the countdown this week. Yeah. What'd you think of this? Um, you know, <laughs>
2: I'm not a big cable fan. Me neither. Is, is that wrong to say? <laughs> no, I'm not really either, actually. Yeah. And I, I'm yeah. I don't know. Like, but what, what were your thoughts on it?
0: I was uh, surprised. I I was going to write this off, um, but there are a couple yeah. of reasons why I didn't. I love the, the cover and how they have they have Cable standing in the top left. That's very sort of golden age, right? Or 60s yeah, anyway. Yeah, for sure. And it's something would... that I
2: definitely thought right away when I saw it. I was like, oh, this reminds me of like a cover I would see of Cable from the 90s.
0: Right. And there's a little storytelling on the cover for where there's Parker Industries over his left shoulder and mm-hmm. the building is destroyed. So oh, really? That's Spider-Man's world. I'm like, that's Parker Industries. What's going on there? So I actually that caught my eye, and I was like, "Well, then this must have something to do with time travel." And I know Cable's yep. kind of a kind of a, a time cop, ultimately. <laughs> so yeah, so many... it has, definitely
2: it, it opens up in a in a in a wild west town. So
0: <laughs> yes, and it has a little bit of that Liefield-esque cover. Yeah, but they sort of simplified it, made him himself, and it's very hyper clear as well. Uh-huh. But uh, I knew that he's you know this time cop. And I, I kind of gave it a chance for that because of the cover and the look of it. And as I flipped through it, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it as a very simple story. Did you notice that the whole like opening sequence had almost no words? They were like up till page four. Uh-huh,
2: <laughs> yep, for sure. Um, no, I mean, I'd never really given Cable a chance like I said before, which is probably a mistake. And I, I, I am intrigued by this. The whole Time Cop concept, like you mentioned, is really interesting. Um, so I'll definitely keep my eye on it.
0: Yeah. James Robinson on writing. He's uh, surprised me he's a fantastic writer Carl's Pacheco penciler. I thought the art was very clean. Very oh. Marvel-like right for sure. Yeah And because but, yeah, everything about it as soon as I saw it
2: like as soon as I opened it I was like, yeah, this looks like a Marvel comic <laughs> right very, <laughs> like it's very, very very clean and polished and you
0: know so What's going on in a gist too? There's uh, some people using some technology in the Wild West here that mm-hmm. uh, that he has to go and stop. So uh, I was like, okay, simple story. He's the he's the time cop, and he has to find these weapons and why these weapons are showing up in the old West. So the yeah. whole time in my mind, in the back of my mind, though, I'm thinking, how does that tie into Parker mm-hmm. Industries and and Spider-Man? So is that is this leading to that? Like it's somehow messing with reality. Mm-hmm. But uh, he has to kind of torture some people quickly to get some questions going and to find someone that's done some weird, like, hieroglyphics in the sand out in in the desert. It was very cool, right? The little weird glyphs in the sand. Yeah. But I just, I just thought it was kind of a fun romp. It was refreshing. It wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't very intensely, you know, an intricate story or anything you couldn't pick up on. It was just kind of fun, kind of Marvel-y. and I just kind of want to see where this is going and how it may like tie into the Marvel world. So, overall, what did you think?
2: Oh, I thought it was good. Um, I, don't, I don't want to spoil anything, just because I, I feel like most of what's going on in here is a spoiler, just because of the whole like time cop concept. Like, I don't want to ruin anything. Um, but yeah, I, it's definitely opened me, this is the first Cable comic I've ever read. Oh, wow. So, it's definitely opened up that universe to me, so I'll definitely keep, keep my eye on it. It's, it's really good. And I think that the main draw for, away from me reading Cable was, was the whole, uh, Layfield, um, feel, feel. yeah, which to each their own yeah, sure. <laughs> i know he has a huge fan base and he wouldn't have it if he wasn't doing something right but yeah to each their own
0: yeah and he does they definitely do some unique things here that was a, a bit of a surprise towards the end of this with yep. sort of again jumping around in time so i was super happy with it and i've added it to my pull list and it's the only number one that made it to the list this week so i'm going to definitely read this from now on and see if this uh, super time cop is able to Keep the space-time continuum in order. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It has a really,
2: really gorgeous ending splash page, too.
0: Right. Yes, yeah. well, you're right with the what's happening in the, the foreground to the background. It's gorgeous. You're right. So coming in next at number six. What do we got for number six, Jordan?
2: Number six is Spencer and Locke 2. <laughs> the action winner.
0: Yeah, this is definitely uh, right at the second middle of the second act was just all action, nonstop oh yeah um, did you read issue number one of this by chance
2: I, I flipped through it good and then I got to this and <laughs>
0: I really like
2: it like this, <laughs> this, this out, of, out of the ones that you said that uh, you sent me uh, this one's one of the, the higher ranking for me I love the the almost Calvin and Hobbes inspired right art style for when for when it shows him
0: as a child and stuff and just like the whole kind of noir detective feel to it is, is so cool very cool. This is from Action Lab Danger Zone by the way. This is issue number 2 of Spencer and Locke. This is written by David P. Pose, and art by yeah. Jorge Santiago Jr. But uh definitely right right after the second act there's some setup here and I think what is an interesting concept of this comic is sort of how some people have the the power of their first love uh, uh-huh. and how that 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 sort of some people that that power of the first love will always sort of haunt them. And that's kind mm-hmm. of a little bit of what happens here, right? Totally. And I also love, of course, the no one else can see the sort of uh the, yes. the character that he carries around with him. It's definitely, you know, that homage to Calvin and Hobbes. But For sure. That's
2: all I was thinking about. I was like, man, this is right up my alley because I grew up reading Calvin and Hobbes. And for anyone that did grow up reading Calvin and Hobbes, this is totally like right up. Right up your alley. Oh, it's like a, it's like an adult Calvin and Hobbes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I love that uh the way that when he's definitely like a a, a cop that breaks all the rules here, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> he's all over yep. the place where he has to torture someone and he creates uh-huh. this strange little adolescent game to torture people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his own little point system or whatever, and this little game that is designed. Which is just so it kind of points out that he's a little bit nuts. Obviously, he's a grown man still walking around with a stuffed animal that he talks to, (laughs) but but he has to like sort of torture this guy to find more information about. It's an it's it's ultimately a very personal case that he's on here about uh, killing a a woman that he was involved with at one point, like his Mm ex-girlfriend. And uh, so it's very personal here, but he like takes out this like like cricket mallet and and is beating this guy with a cricket mallet and. (laughs) I just thought this thing is all over the place and if you love Calvin and Hobbes uh, also did you notice that the art style is very much in the vein of like Afterlife with Archie
2: Yeah yeah for sure it has that uh um Francesco Francavilla kind of yes. kind of color palette and like yeah I think that's where I think that's probably where the noir feel comes from because that Francesco's art style is very noir Right. Uh, if you've read any Black Beetle or anything, it's, it's basically all it is, and which is a great series. If anyone hasn't read Black Beetle, you should pick that up. Yes, pick that up. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I, to- I totally got that. What you're talking about?
0: Yeah, it has that feel to it. That noir. Dark, everything's kind of in a sh- shades of purple, and mm-hmm. it just has that 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 Francovia look to it. It's it's yeah. it's gorgeous. But they're hot on the trail of this of this group of people that have ultimately now kidnapped. The woman that's that was killed. So it's like a oh. dual story thing he's got going on here with finding the murderer and also finding uh, this this woman's daughter, this ex girlfriend's daughter. Yeah. So and man, right off the middle of the of the second act, it's just it's a chase scene that's just oh, yeah. action packed, right?
2: Yep. it's it's so great. I I love the um, when things start to pick up um, when his when Spencer like disappears as like oh yeah i mean like that's really interesting how this one person seems to have an effect on on him like yeah disappearing for a little bit there and then he comes back when when they're not around i'm interested to see what that has to do with that character and how that plays into the story why that has that effect on him um but yeah like halfway through the comic it just picks up right away and it's just like very, very well
0: done. But, yeah, good good point there. In another way that she has a strange power over him, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's like his first love or crush or something. And that imaginary friend that he has, uh, the, you know, Locke just vanishes. You're right. right. That's a, another sort of strange power she has. I do want to see more of that and why that's there. I hope we get yeah. to see that. But we yeah. might not because uh, the, the, the <laughs> whole action part of it after that is insane. Yeah. But uh, I'm really enjoying this. And I know it's a limited series, too. I think they're only doing five. So oh, wow. And who knows where this could go, but uh, I'm, I'm just enjoying this from beginning to end. It's it's not super dialogue. I read this really fast. Like, for some reason, it's paced oh, very well. Me too, yeah. And it just went real, real quick. Mm-hmm. But that is our number six pick. So coming in at number five is from Dark Horse Comics. This is Aliens, Dead Orbit from James yes. Stoko, issue number two. And Stoko did everything on this. Talk about his art. What did you think of the art on this? Um, it's,
2: it fits. It's, it's really gritty. Yeah. And like, just like, <laughs> like fits with how the horror is. He, okay. He's a great horror artist. Yeah. That's what I should say. Like <laughs> it, it's, it's very, it's almost hard to look at sometimes and it's grotesqueness, Yeah, but it's perfect for what's going on. Like, um, he definitely, that <clears throat> if you look at early concept art for Alien and stuff like that, the artist that I for whatever reason I'm drawing a blank like, on his name, but uh, yes, Geiger. Yes, mm-hmm. I feel he channeled a lot of that in here. Absolutely. Um, just with the design of the the spaceship that they're on and um, the characters and everything, it's it's it all fits the world of Alien very well. And it, it, the com the story so far plays out just like an alien movie, which is great. And I'm a huge fan of the alien universe.
0: Did you see that? uh coming do in yet?
2: I did. I just I just um, just saw it last weekend. Um, watched Prometheus beforehand, which <laughs> I know too. I'm I'm kind of in the uh, minority on on liking Prometheus, but I really liked Prometheus, and I feel like. I liked, I liked Alien Covenant a lot as well. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone.
0: You, you did just too. I did the same thing and I saw it and I I liked it more than the critics uh, as well. So you yeah. and I are like of that uh, Prometheus fan camp, you and I alone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, just, it's just got a really um, cool story that's unfolding. It's a unique take on just aliens in general and human existence and stuff like that. And that stuff just really interests me. So
0: yeah yeah, and then knee deep in some really great beautiful looking sci-fi art from Ridley Scott, right? Like, oh yeah. but this seems to tie into it. I felt like claustrophobic from this, right? The way the okay. the darkness sort of surrounds each panel. Mm-hmm. I just felt this claustrophobic feel in this whole thing. And it's also yeah. very action packed. I would say it's another one of those possible action winners, right? Where, oh yeah, uh, this picks up right where the first issue, um, you know, left off, which is our main character here. We see a flash forward. We're actually experiencing kind of a major flashback. The flash forward is him alone. Remember that on the uh, first issue? This yeah. main character is all by himself on some yep. ship and we're just flashbacking all of this to ultimately where, you know, everybody dies. <laughs> yep. So, and how I mean, the alien presence is there.
2: Yeah. This the, this issue opens up on a particularly very pretty page where it's you get the shot of the planet in the background with yeah. the, with the ship in front of it. And it's just this big, beautiful, clean shot and just establishes the, the like loneliness yes. that goes into the, to the, to the next couple of panels of him running, running through the, through the claustrophobic dark halls. It's, it's really well done.
0: Yeah. All the black surrounding all the panels. And even that, like it looked like a cat's eye, this planet, yeah. It's full of clouds, and it—it's just all that surrounding black that just gives you this feeling of claustrophobia here and tension, right?
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: You definitely feel the tension in this, and I—I I thought, man, and we've seen the alien bursting out of the chest a million times, right? We've seen <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> we saw it in the newest movie, right? So, but all right, if that spoiled anything for you guys, yeah, you're gonna see it. But this felt yeah. fresh to me, and in a color palette that was a little different when uh-huh. you see this right it was like orange you know mostly
2: yeah. yeah the the way that the that the people are almost being infected and turning it's different from the alien universe um and i wonder if it's just like they're setting up a different type of alien or if it's just this art style the person chose to go with but the way that they're turning is a is a lot more gruesome yeah that it's 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 a couple of times I was reading it I, I was reading the pages and I looked away, I had to look away for a second I'm like oh. Ooh, this is really like uh, hard to look at and that that's a testament to to the artist's um,
1: that's excellent the style yeah
0: and also I think I think maybe I I turned away a little as well is because of the people they're coming out of right they've been uh, burned in one yeah. of those uh, those those chambers that they sleep in and uh, and yeah. they were just kind of had no skin and. You know, they were already in all this massive pain. Yeah. And I thought, man, that added to the grotesqueness, right? Because it's just this skinless body and then the chest burster. But yeah, I just thought it it had a fresh, unique feel. Because, yes, we've seen it a million times. But uh, you're right. The grotesque and and the level of of art detail is just phenomenal. And that claustrophobic feel. So uh, this and Aliens Defiance. You should go back and read that. If you haven't read Aliens Defiance, I'm telling you and listeners... Go read Aliens Defiance. That's been phenomenal as well. It's like these two titles of Aliens have really hit it off. This reminds me of, like Frank Quietly's art. James Stokoe? Oh, yeah. I can see that. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. see that? In the dark. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, right. I can totally see that. Yeah. Or a Jeff Darrow, you know, but very much just in the dark. It's just, uh. Yeah. But, yeah. It is a very low lit uh,
2: comic book. Yeah. Yeah. I, Almost a, as the ship that they're on is like going through some sort of power failure, which makes it, which sets the tone and makes it all that much creepier.
0: Yeah, but then what are they going to do? They've got aliens running wild. There's one fully formed. There's a couple of chest bursters here. Where's this going to go? I, I can't wait. I know this is a limited series. I think it's only five. So uh, I got to yeah. know where this goes. Next one, I'm going to read of this. I'm going to kind of read it in the dark with just one light on. You know? Okay. Set the mood. Yes. Try that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so coming in at number four was almost your art winner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I talked you out of it.
2: <laughs> was, uh, yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. What was yeah. that?
2: Greg Smallwood, I just
0: I have a soft spot. Yes. And I'm I'm gonna butt you over here with us. But it's from Image Comics, it's from writer Brian K Vaughn and artist Fiona Staples. Issue forty three, which I can't believe we're on forty three. It's a yeah. it's a good jumping on issue though, isn't it? Yeah, this one almost
2: acts as a catch up to the to the story thus far, which I, I feel like after a certain point it's kind of required after something goes on for a while. I agree. So if there's if you don't feel like going back and reading forty three issues of Saga, which you totally should, yeah. because Saga is one of my favorite comic books ever. Um, You can jump on here. It'll give you some backstory, so you're not completely lost as to what's going on. Um, And smart because
0: they they sold this for 25 cents. This is the 25 cents.
2: All the more reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, you definitely get your money's worth for a quarter. I even bought yes. this for my sister. Hi, Carrie. I, I just gave it to her, and I'm like, this is a good jumping-on point. Just trust me. Just just read this. Just like, what is it about? I'm like, I'm not telling you. Just, just trust me and read it. <laughs> this is just like I'm dropping off a little bit of, like, crack here for you. Just a little bit yeah. of heroin, and I'm leaving it for you. <laughs> so I hope she really likes it. Hi, Carrie. But I love that. You're right, uh, that hazel. Uh, the daughter just kind of gives us this recap of everything yep. that's happened in forty-three issues. Yep.
1: And, yeah.
0: And and then we're on abortion town. We're in abortion town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. I was like, oh,
2: this is gonna be a hot topic for, I'm sure, some and it's people.
0: A, and It's a weird owl alien with a nightgown <laughs> on and pink boots. Yeah, <laughs>
2: just... that's one thing I can say about Fiona Staples is. Sh- other than she is a fantastic artist, is she seems to have an unlimited imagination. Yeah. Like, all the creatures she creates are always equally awesome and strange and unique. And she's just I mean, awesome.
0: <laughs> right. And this is just out there. I thought, wow, it's a it's a western setting. There's a yeah. sign saying, Welcome to Abortion Town and this weird <laughs> owl owl sheriff with a nightgown and pink boots on. It's just Yeah. It's so far out there sci fi like you can never imagine. And they're riding these uh, the fruit stripe, uh, rainbow zebras, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they're in western motif, which is just strange. Yeah. That just changed, right? They, yeah. I wonder if Brian, the on the writer, was just like, you know, I just love western stuff. and There's not enough of that. Let's just, let's just put them in western outfits, you know, <laughs> <Holy> cowboy hats. <laughs> but um, <laughs> she, she is fresh. Yeah, fresh <clears throat> and new and different and color palette here, right? I mean, gorgeous all over yeah. the place with different colors. Uh, and I just loved that they threw it in a Western motif, and yet she is actually trying to find... This is a semi spoilerish thing here that happens in 42. She's very far off pregnant, but lost the baby.
2: Yes, which was heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, it was like nuts that they went there with this. I mean, yeah. she's like eight months along, and if you read issue 42, you'll see what happened as to why she lost the baby. It makes complete sense, but man, heartbreaking there, and... She's trying to deal with this and they uh, can't help her because she's so late term, but they send her to like the, they recommend her to like the worst backwoods kind of, you know, you imagine your mind is just a horror scene that's going to cut her open and, you know, take out her her baby that that passed away. I mean, heavy stuff. stuff. stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, Brian K. Vaughn has never shied away from heavy things as if you've read um, Why the Last Man. <clears throat> you'll know
0: but yeah and if you haven't you definitely should read why the last man it's an amazing piece of literature yeah. fantastic right but yeah. then we get that awesome recap which takes us which is great you know i read that in about two seconds because i've read every single floppy of this so i'm like okay that's yeah. great thanks hazel brought yeah. us up to speed but then there's this conversation uh, and maybe skipping one section here but i'm not going to read it all to you in order but what did you think of the conversation between the sort of mother-like figure that Hazel witnessed changing, so she saw that this this sort of woman figure has boy parts, and yeah. she wants to ask about boy parts here, and this conversation that goes down was just, was was actually very heartwarming and beautiful, right? Like, yeah. what did you think of that conversation?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, at first, yeah, I, I really liked that. I think it's an important, one of these, she initially gets upset by her inquiry as to, like, why and yeah. she's like, "Well, what does it matter?" kind of thing. Uh huh. It's like this birds gets, and the
0: bees conversation, right? That just yeah. Kind of...
2: And she gets a little defensive, and you—I mean—you later find out that Hazel is just concerned with her own. You know, she's she's just drawing the drawing the similarities. Like she's she's female, but she has male. But Hazel is is just drawing the similarity in that she's two, she's one of these two separate races, and she's showing. Signs of or showing uh, features of both, and how it scares her, and which is important in that it, it talks about, you know, just how, you know, people that are, God, I'm losing the word transgendered, yeah, um, they have to go through that, you know, they have to live with the fear and the questions and be like, you know, like something that I can't even imagine, yeah. Uh, so I think it, it was a really important scene. And a really, like you said, heartwarming scene, and that it, it touches on that idea. But what did you think?
0: Uh, me too. It, it, so many things handled there in that conversation, right? From yeah.
2: it's, from it's hard. To, it's hard to put it. Like I was trying to trying to think of a way to 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 eloquently end my my rant that I went on, but <laughs> there's just so much. There's so much to it that I, I found it, found it hard.
0: Yeah, I just thought it was very. Ultimately describing it as a very complex conversation With multitudes of sort of topics there From transgender to just birds and the bees And talking about, yeah. you know, sex to a young girl That is confused there And also she uh, is lacking sort of attention from her parents So has to seek things out, conversations with other people um, And then Hazel is one of a kind in her, her new species Because right. those two warring factions hate each other And so she's the, the first of her kind, a hybrid you know, it it also addresses that with, you know, people that yeah. probably have had that back in the day with like, you know, with the multicultured families and, you know, right. so there's just a ton there, right? A ton to chew on. And then she's an alien too. So how does that yeah. affect? It's just, I mean, I just love the complexity of it and the sort of real aspects of, you know, transgender conversation and just birds and bees mixed all in there. It was yeah. uh, something really, really beautiful and touching overall. I thought Brian K. Vaughan wrote the crap out of that. Yeah,
2: yeah, as always. I mean, Saga is always consistently just a great read.
0: Yeah, it's just so deep and dense and so much is happening. But they kind of simplified the story here, right? To kind of move it along in a, in a little cleaner, fresher arc of what's Absolutely. going on. And and so I'm all on board. I, I wish they yeah. were all 25 cents. I'm just saying, image. <laughs> <it was. laughs> right. Well, I mean, with how quickly you go through them, you'd think that they would be. Yeah, and I bought like seven... I was just like, so I have one for you if you want it. I oh just, yeah. I was like, for twenty-five cents, give me seven. I was just. <laughs> wow, that's awesome! Thank you. I, was just like, I just grabbed them for everybody, so uh, I got I got extra copies. <laughs> so yeah, lovely saga. Go get it. Issue forty-three is only twenty-five cents. Find it at a local comic book shop, and uh, some shops are limiting uh, people to only buying two or three, or whatever. But I was lucky. I said, give me seven, and I got them. But uh, <laughs> also, a final thought. Dung people, dung people. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> what a great, weird, trippy concept, right?
2: Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so, did, you uh, re-
0: did you have to read the definition of it a couple times? I was like, when he quickly uh, explained, "What are dung people?" And they
2: <laughs> like the animated, animated, animated feces soil right. that turns them into. Yeah, <laughs> I just I thought it was a great idea, really funny, and a great introduction to something crazy that happens right after that.
0: It was frightening and funny to see dung people, cool, yeah. right? It was like, oh, yeah. oh my God, there is walking crap.
2: And you see Marco get get hit with a pretty good dose of dung.
0: <laughs> yeah, dung people. That's great. I want more dung people. Yeah, uh, wait till you see that panel, folks. You're going to love it. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed that one out because that was a, a super highlight. When when they're all, uh, you know, reanimated poop uh, coming towards them. It was phenomenal. (laughs) Way out there. A saga so far out there. It's crazy. (laughs) Well, here we go now. Breaking into the top three. So that's the big three countdown here. We're approaching the end. This is the top three on the list here. Coming in number three is Motor Girl, issue number six from Terry Moore. What did you think of this?
2: Um, this is my first time reading motor girl. You, uh, introduced, introduced it to me and I, I really, really liked it. Um, it's full of humor and I love, I love it when comics just do the black and white. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: some, me sometimes too, it's nice. refreshing. It's just like so simple. Um, so, I mean, I need to go back and read and read the, the previous issues, but the, from what I've been introduced in this one, I, I really like it. Um,
0: what about you? Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's hard to get, too, because it's from Abstract Studios, so Terry Moore kind of independently publishes it. It's great to get at cons and some shops. Yeah. Uh, this is the one that was uh, – my, my shop was short-shipped, so I had to go back on Friday to pick it up. And they were like, oh, sorry, we sold them all. And I was like, what? Oh, wow. Oh um but we have a few more coming in another hour and so I had to even come back another time so it's hard to get but it's worth the chase uh, they they eventually go on comicsology so you can see it there but it's great in in paper it's, it smells yeah. great it's just you're right the refreshingness of a black and white comic but this is uh, kind of bringing PTSD front and center right yeah uh-huh. that's kind of what's going on here this is the story of uh, Sam who is uh, living on this junkyard speaking of Having a character that has an imaginary friend, um, <laughs> then you may not have picked that up yet with only reading this one, but I Mike... kind of did. Okay, it wasn't a hundred
2: percent, but I kind of figured it.
0: Justin did the same thing. It was just like, is Mike the monkey imaginary or is he real? So he's imaginary. It's but uh, they... scene,
2: yeah. what's that? Because there's one scene at the end that kind of that kind of gave me the idea. But
0: yeah, it's a lot of where the he's sitting on a chair and then he's not there. Like he's just kind of yeah. quickly gone, but so even even more sad, Sam lives on a junkyard in the middle of the Nevada desert by herself, and <laughs> uh she's she has this sort of grandmother figure that's nice to her, but she's ultimately dealing with p t s d on her own as she's uh you know drinking heavily and yeah. trying to deal with the aftermath of her being in like desert storm so mm-hmm. so this goes back into Desert Storm and this horrifying story of. Something that happens here, and because I don't want to spoil it, but it's Desert Storm, folks. So obviously, bad things go on. But <laughs> did did this did this uh, sequence of the flashback going to Desert Storm affect you? Did you feel it?
2: Yeah, I mean, it deals with some pretty heavy stuff again. Right. Like, um, see, so yeah, I I I'm always pretty weary because I have a friend in particular that's super sensitive to spoilers. So I, I always. <laughs> Am, am very weary about what I talk about but yeah the, the flashbacks in this one are, are are pretty I think anyone reading it will will feel it uh, I mean uh, I, I don't want to spoil it but whatever you feel comfortable with spoiling go ahead and talk about but
0: yeah I try to always uh, this is a definitely a I'm not going to talk about the last few pages because it's yeah uh, but but visiting this takes a little more serious turn cuz there is some lighthearted parts in the previous issues with mm-hmm. uh, her buddy Mike the Monkey and also this alien sort of shape-shifting alien that visits in the previous issues yeah this is not lighthearted and fun right here this one uh, particular issue it's not uh, yeah. there has been an attack on the alien ship things go down there but then it's this flashback of her in in desert storm or some sort of middle eastern military event and it, it broke my heart. It's uh, seeing it yeah. made me sad. It, it definitely um, brought emotional feelings to me, and uh, I think that's good. But what did you think about what do you think about Terry Moore's line art? Like, tell me about his. What do you, what, How did you? What do you think? What can you comment on his art? Um, I I feel like I,
2: I like it. Like he he gets facial expressions really really well done. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of consistency. Um, issues um, but I mean it's it's real difficult I mean I, I really being a comic book artist myself it's really hard to fault anyone for for that because it is really difficult to keep consistency um, but me saying there's some consistency issues doesn't mean like Oh, it goes from being good to just, Oh, this is terrible. It's just like things here and there little, little things all around. I think it's, it's really great. It captures the, the mood of the story and everything. And the, I, I feel like it, it adds to the junkyard vibe of, of living in and the, the deserts, uh, scenery and everything too. I think, I think it, it fits pretty well.
0: Well said. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I just think uh, when he shows people like crying, like there's, it just feels yeah. real, right?
2: Uh huh. Oh, especially at the in the last couple pages of of this most recent issue.
0: Yeah, definitely. Which we're not going to go into, but uh, yeah. pick up Motor Girl if you can get it. Get it on paper, preferably. This is issue number six, and he's usually a very long sto- long form storyteller here. So he doesn't do things like ten issues and out. For the most part, he does. You know, like 50 and 30 and long stuff like, you know, Strangers in Paradise yeah. for a couple of decades. But I really hope this continues on. I want to see where Sam is, is going and developing. And there is a, an alien presence here. How is that going to affect? Are they, they're they trying to ultimately get Sam off of this junkyard so they can buy the whole area and set up like an Area 52 or something. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to see where this goes. It's, uh, it's great uh, pace great storytelling and like i said this is really ptsd front and center um and uh it's very interesting very unique and uh, sad and you got to read this it's just yes. it's just wonderful beautiful so what do we got at number two number two is nom wolf two yes this is from uh another small publisher this is eric powell's publishing house albatross funny books best yeah. publishing name in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and you said uh, you love these. Co- this is issue number two, so you said the covers, right? You saw them. Well, yeah. tell, tell us what you saw and what you liked about it. Um, I don't
2: know. It's just I really like imagery when there's like a silhouette with a picture on the inside, and it's just it being just like a basic background. I don't know what it is about it. It just always stands out to me, and I just I just really like it. The color palette is also really cool.
0: You and I love that as well. Uh, I yeah. think uh, we have to take some of that in Zombie Destroyers. I've already, have had some yeah. thoughts on that. But I love, you're right. When things are, there's art inside a silhouette. Uh, it's, it, and that's what the, these covers are. Uh, gorgeous, right? Yeah. And by the way,
2: uh, my wife, Alexia underscore Hudson underscore Art, <laughs> it said that she is totally down to uh, do some some cover art for Zombie Destroyers. Yes, fantastic. Yeah. So we'll
0: be able to showcase her art in Zombie Destroyers yeah. as well. Yeah. Wonderful. That is great news. You hear that's a first here, folks. You're hearing it right now. <laughs> An exclusive. <laughs> An exclusive. Alexia underscore Hudson underscore Art doing some alternate covers for Zombie Destroyers number one coming to you soon from yes. Crystal Tori and Jordan Hudson. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> but I adored this. In one, uh, in interesting aspect, I thought there were multitudes of spin-offs that can come from this comic. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. is a werewolf. It's like,
2: yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's like it's like a war war story mixed with a werewolf story mixed with a um, monster fighting monster
0: story. <laughs> like,
2: yes. It's a whole bunch of different things.
0: I kind of see like universe building possibilities here. Like they could call it War Wolves, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they oh, could yeah. just have all of these because they flashback all of these. Ancestry were- werewolves for our main character, and we could have a comic for each one of those, right? It's like every war ever created, there is a wolf. Yeah. And Nam Wolf is such a great name, but what would we call the World War Two Wolf? What would we call the? There's even like a a William Wallace, which is a- like kind of going to the Braveheart movie. Did you catch that?
2: Uh, I didn't catch that. No.
0: Go to the. Uh, it's the, you know, one of those flashback ones where he has like a long broad, Scottish long broadsword. And it's very like he's William Wallace, like you know, just should have, they could have say having him say you know freedom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a great, it's a lot of flashbacks, but it's to the ancestry of this character, and that they've there has been a war wolf in yeah. all of the wars throughout history, and I just love that and. Tell yeah. me about the art. Oh, by the way, let me give the team up here. This is written by Fabian Rangel Jr., drawn by Logan Farber. Farber? How would you say his last name? Oh, uh, Farber. Farber?
2: Uh, I, uh, I'm terrible at these things. Farber?
0: Far- <laughs> Farber. sounds right to Farber. me. Farber. All right. Yeah. But what did you think of his art style?
2: Um, it it reminds me of like a European kind of. Um, kind of art style, almost French. Uh, There's a couple of artists that I follow that are of like uh, Italian or or French descent that have a very similar art style to this. So it reminds me a lot of that, but it's, it's got a really cool like um, cartoony juxtaposition to like the violence going on on the page. So it's, 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 they almost balance each other out. Yeah. So, That they meld really well together. I really
0: like it. I'm enjoying the art style a lot. Isn't it interesting that the main character has that very long and pointy nose? The
2: long-headed nose, yeah.
0: So you always recognize him? You know what it reminds me of? A little bit of Tintin. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's got a Tintin-esque kind of uh, art style to it.
0: I even get an Archie feel from this. I don't know why, but like a it just it's sort of the square jawed look of the characters right that has that kind yeah. of archy feel but yeah you're right and if the violence fits perfectly into sort of the Eric Powell wheelhouse you know from he does the uh the goon and he does uh-huh. the the new one, uh, uh, not Redneck, but it's Hillbilly. That's right. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so it's very much a cartoony feel with this over-the-top insane violence. And you're getting that here in Namwolf. But this is ultimately background into how his great-great-great-great-greats, greats, grandfathers, so on, etc. have all had, a, had the ability to be a werewolf and have been infused into every war. From the Civil War to, like I said, this uh, the Scottish versus the English War with the the William Wallace sort of aspect here. And yeah. it's him coming to terms with being a werewolf in Vietnam, being non-wolf. And uh, I just <laughs> thought it was typical. Yeah. This for me growing up as a kid born in the early seventies, this was kind of the war that was always the fo- in the forefront of my mind. You know, this is the one that was, you know, I kind of lived through in a way, you know, uh, being yeah. around people, knowing vets of Vietnam, et cetera, and hearing stories and, Loving the Rambo movies, etc. But this one, for me, was always in my mind. And so I was just kind of thirsting for something uh, related to this. And what better than a werewolf in Vietnam just crushing all of the enemies?
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: It's a really cool concept. Like like you said, that concept of just having like a werewolf that fights on your side for every war. Yeah. It's really cool.
0: And there is a bad guy in this. Don't uh, we, we won't give up everything. But uh, what yeah. did you think of the bad guy here? um
2: I, it's really cool I mean I, I I really don't know how to go more in depth into it without without spoiling it but it, it's just it made me smile
0: yeah, there you go I mean without giving up everything uh and it's tough to do man I've been I mean oh it's crazy 110 issues so there's I'm always yeah. dancing between that line of spoiling too much and yeah. also trying to talk people into stuff but um Man Bat, I would say, is the closest uh, reference to this particular baddie, right? Did you say that? Yep, yep. But there's some (laughs) two-page splashes here, Enamel versus Man Bat, if you will, that are just gloriously (laughs) done, right? Yes, really, really well done. You just want to live in this space, but uh, I love that there is character development here with all the unique little names, And, and like I said, this being the second issue, I felt this was better than the first issue, and... It was primarily a lot of flashbacks, but a big payoff at the end that we can't tell you about, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Holy moly.
2: Just go get it. Just read it (laughs) or get it on – support your local comic book store.
0: Another hard one to find, indie publisher, like I said, Eric Powell's independent publishing house. It sucks,
2: man. It's always (laughs) – like the really, really good ones that you
0: want people to read are always the ones that people can't read. Yeah, or you just have to end up buying them uh, digital on Comixology. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You have a thumb are, drive. You can share you with your friends. Curious. Yeah,
2: <laughs> we like the the paper on the on the thumb.
0: And still priced wrong, I think. Comicsology. Yeah. you know, you're gonna pay the same price as paper for new comics yeah. that come out. Yeah, I don't know. I,
2: see, I feel the same way. A uh, little bit off topic here about digital. The video games—they're the same price as if you were to get them but whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know they're trying to give local comic book shops. I've been, I read a big, tons of articles over this over the years. I kind of understand that, you know, Comicsology puts it out at the same price as paper to give the retailers, uh, you know, uh, a chance, yeah. you know, and the time goes on, the Comicsology drops the price. If you ever noticed that, but uh, there's, I don't know. It's still better to read on paper, but anyway, get Nom wolf, uh, go to eBay, start the hunt <laughs> 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 or go to your local comic book shops albatross funny books i think you can even buy it from their site from eric powell's site which i believe is albatross funnybooks.com don't quote oh, me nice. on that but i think you can buy it direct there as well and pay a very small shipping fee but uh so here we go now breaking in and busting out the number one of all of them the, the creme de la creme that beat them all in our opinion it was the <laughs> art winner and cover art winner with moon knight issue number 14 from marvel comics this is uh, beautiful, gorgeous, insane, delicious, amazing, can't describe it well enough, uh, artist Greg Smallwood, who's our art winner, cover art winner of the week, written by Jeff Lemire, Lemire, do you say Lemire or Lemire? I say Lemire, it, what is correct though? <laughs> I, never, I, never thought, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I never even thought to, like, that it would be pronounced another way.
0: I think I flip around, sometimes I say Lemire and Lemire, I kind of flip, I think yeah. I do both. <laughs> another, Another writing powerhouse
2: in the comic book world.
0: Yes, I mean he's doing so many like Black Hammer. You have to, I mean it's just Black Hammer's so amazing. But um, our art winner, uh, the cover is glorious, like we said before. This this sort of pyramid and all of the the aspects of everyone in his strange multi personality disorder, <laughs> <laughs> fighting all at the same time with Kanchu on the top of the mountain and this glorious uh, ethereal background with the stars and galaxy and sky. It's just gorgeous, but. This is also the grand conclusion, question mark? This is also uh, where the, the band breaks up, I, you know, is what I've been hearing. I, uh, which yeah, sad. which
2: is super sad. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, kind of a bummer, but we'll see. I mean, I know they've, it depends on the numbers, etc. But I would love to see this fully collected and read yeah. all together in 14 issues. Mm-hmm. Because there is also Francesco Francavilla in this. He's done some yep. of these flashbacks in here with the taxi driver uh, personality that he has. I'm bad with all those names. But, um, yeah, you've had him in there, which looks very, again, Afterlife with Archie. But this also goes into Moon Knight's origin. This goes back into sort of clarifying an origin. Again, uh, Desert Storm? Or some yeah. sort of, uh, you know, again, uh, Middle Eastern military war situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And... His multiple personalities are still crossing over here, but he's like, come to peace with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: You
2: agree with see, that? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, which I think, I think it kind of shows in some of the ending panels, um, which I won't go into because of spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> but
0: but it's, yeah, it's definitely the, again, always he is, uh, has his multiple person, multiple personality disorder and he has these different sort of characters in his life and he sort of lives in these strange flashbacks yet new york is covered with sand that's ultimately what this is and this is a flashback going into some desert storm thing where he's ultimately still kind of coming to peace with him realizing that he has these problems right i guess the first part of they say of a mental disorder is to 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 have realization and he right. seems to be going through that here this seems like very much a A Exploration of mental disorder
2: Mm, Interesting
0: What this has been in the 14 issues But uh, I'm sad to see it end here But what an ending it was He faces Khonshu What do you think of the art of Khonshu? What what do you think of that?
2: I think it's one of the coolest Things to be done For uh, like A character in a comic book Like, Like how we talked We touched on earlier how there's like that that grainy kind of sand. It's like someone to went to a museum and saw a bird skull and did like a really hyper detailed pencil sketch of yes. of his head, and it's just that consistently. And it's like it's so beautiful, it's so well done. And then you have. Um, just his the rest of his art, like how everyone else is drawn for his body and everything. And it's just a really cool melding of the two different art styles together.
0: Did you pick up on Kanshu how he has sort of strange, scratchy lines coming all up yeah. over him?
2: Yeah. And in, in certain panels, I I, I noticed that. And in, in this, I want to say it's – gosh, which page is it? It's like in page six or seven. There's one where you see him from behind – and he he has those scratches all over his back, and I, I wonder what the significance is of that and his character, or what that means for for it, like what's going on in his mind, you know? Yeah,
0: I'd love to talk to Greg Smallwood about that little part if that was what the writer did, or did he sort of come up with that? But it it strangely reminds me of this old video from the '80s, uh, this "aha" um, take on me. Like, no, no. <laughs> course right <laughs> and you remember how when that guy is traveling through this hallway and he's hitting the walls and stuff yeah. it's like those scratches are coming up off of him yeah and it just reminds me of that it's weird <laughs> it comes yeah, to my sure. mind but i wonder if that was small or if that was you know if that was jeff lemire like i wonder
2: yeah i don't know it would be interesting i wonder if they've done any panels together and talked about it at all it's something i'd have to look it up
0: i wish they did like a director's cut of this Uh, When it, say, comes out on hardcover, you know, explaining some of their process. Because this has been a top pick so many times since this has come out for me. And Greg Smallwood being art winner, like, constantly. It's just been consistent. I look forward to this every single month it comes out. It's relatively been on time every month, which says a lot. Yeah. But uh, how did you, without spoiling, (laughs) how did you feel about this ending? uh emotionally <laughs>
2: emotionally hmm i feel like gosh i don't know
0: <laughs> digest it for a second i'll I throw some like words there, at
2: There there's a really almost a kind of poignant panel at the end yes where looking over a, a cityscape um which i don't want to go into too much detail because it'll spoil how it ends but it's almost like a, a relief kind of yes um And and then it starts to rain and it's really pretty and it's almost like signifies like a, um, like a, um, like a baptism or a rebirth or something, something like that. That's
0: what I was hoping you were going to say. That's, I was kind of leading you there, but yeah, that's what I was, (laughs) it's, uh, it's, you're right. Baptism of rain. It's the cleansing, right? It's, I felt all of that and uh, what a poignant way uh, or aspect element in yeah. this particular ending without spoiling it But you know this actually has like Inspired me to cosplay like I've never really wanted To dress up but I kind of want to do that
2: cosplay would be awesome Wouldn't it? Yeah
0: You might have to help me with that But I would love <laughs> to <laughs> To uh, cosplay as, as Moon Knight It's that white yeah. stark suit That just blinding white nothingness there But uh, really poignant ending uh, There was some symbolism there as we said Uh, is it the ending? Is it the grand conclusion? Uh, We're not 100% confirmed on all this stuff. I kind of looked up things online. I couldn't really get a a solid answer if this is truly where the team ends. But I'm staying with Moon Knight no matter what happens just to see where it goes. um, Part
2: he wants to say I kind of hope that they do have a new creative team just because I want to see what Greg Greg Smallwood would do after this and what his art would do for another... Series or character, um, but I mean, it's just it's fits so well. It's like created this own identity with Moon with Moon Knight, and I'd be sad to see them split up.
0: Good point, though. Like, this doesn't look like a Marvel comic, right? No, not at all. Like, like, like
2: from cable number one, like we talked about, to this <laughs> completely different, yeah, completely different.
0: It has an image look, an image comics look, right? Yeah, and feel Yeah, and color yeah. well, yeah. Uh, good point. I do. I you're right. I would like to see Smallwood on something else. You're right. It, it, because uh, it would it would be amazing, whatever it is. So,
2: but, I think uh, on his Instagram, he's posted some, some Batman that he's done. What? I think so. I could be wrong. I don't know. I follow a lot of people on
0: Instagram that do a lot of Batman. Um. We'll have to go and look Actually, at Savage Smallwood on everything. Let's go find that he out. Do,
2: even if he doesn't do a Batman, every, you're in for a treat anyways. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. But uh, easily our number one pick of the week. I'm glad you were on board with me as far as our yeah. winner and cover winner because it's just glorious. It's beautiful. And we'll see where it goes from here. I mean, it, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm going to keep it on the pull list for now. Moon Knight, if you look back and go to like sunspotscomics.com and see all my past picks, you'll see that of the 14 issues, I would guess like nine of them are on my top picks of the 14, easily.
2: Yeah, from listening to your, your podcast, I can say that it's pretty regularly on there.
0: Yeah, it's like my easily my my favorite Marvel title. I mean, Daredevil's been great too, but Moon Knight's been amazing. Yeah. But, uh, well, there you go. That's the show. You have it. That's it. We ran through. We are done. <laughs> Thank you for listening so much. Thanks again for being here, Jordan. Really appreciate it um those are our new comic book recommendations this that's this is locks it down for new comic book day may 31st please support your local comic book shop and go and buy these at a local comic book shop tell them that jordan and chris from zombie destroyers sent you <laughs> yes <laughs> and if you have any questions for any of us uh please of course send your comments to our email chris at sunspots find jordan where where can they find you jordan uh, you can find me on Instagram at jordan__hudson__art. Underscore underscore and if you write to us or you want a personal comic book recommendation or something, and we read your email on a future podcast, we will send you a small little comic book prize as a thank you from us just for writing in. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter on sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And next week is issue number 110 of the podcast where we'll be reading 17 new comics. And five new number ones, so potentially, you know, 22 comics. And, man, just to give you a little quick peek. And uh, hopefully you're with us, Jordan. I'd love to have you back. Thank yeah, you like,
2: like Justin mentioned, with the, the spotlight, I would, I would definitely be a lot of fun. Love and that. And this has been a lot of fun. I've never co-hosted anything before, so this is a great experience.
0: First time ever. But yeah. next week we have Guardians of the Galaxy number three, Amazing Spider-Man number 28, Batman 24, uh, Cannibal, which is a crazy one. You should check that out. Uh, on image comic title daredevil's coming out next week uh the closing of dark knight 3 the master race nine of nine finally finally yes
2: finally oh my god i'm (laughs) like i said i am waiting for i am a trade paperback kind of person and i have been waiting forever for this so (laughs) and i'm gonna wait like another three months four months before they put it out on trade
0: i was just gonna say it'll (laughs) probably be november (laughs) at
2: least the end is near
0: yes and like eternal empire uh, is coming out number two, which I've been loving. Uh, the, the End of the Flintstones, which you should go back and read the Flintstones. Surprisingly yeah. strange and awesome and weird <laughs> Flintstone story. It's on number 12 and it's ending, and he's definitely walking away from that. But they've given him the freedom. DC just said, go nuts with the Flintstones, and he did yeah. go nuts. Literally went nuts.
2: I know Dustin Dustin Huin did a awesome cover for the Flintstones a while ago. I remember that, which he's an amazing artist
0: yeah he's done three or four covers i think so definitely see it. superman's next week too rock candy mountain issue three and walking dead 168 just to name a few of some of the things we're going to be reading so definitely jump in and like i said uh don't ever miss a a podcast just subscribe to it we'd appreciate it follow us on instagram twitter facebook xbox live at sunspots comics and it's going to be an amazing week of comics so you should definitely tune in maybe we'll have the three of us on again fingers crossed (laughs) Yeah, Thank man. you so much. Thank you, Jordan, really, uh, for, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank and, you. Uh, if you, the listener, have enjoyed this and want to help us out here at, at the podcast, just subscribe to it. Go to iTunes and give us a positive review with five stars. We'd really appreciate it. And, uh, oh, Jordan, I want to tell you, isn't it crazy that when you search comic books under podcasts on the iTunes app, I used to be like 3,915th, uh-huh. and the Sunspots po- podcast now, the comics podcast, is like under, it's within the top twenty. What? It's nuts. Yeah. So that it's is really amazing. First time there. I just saw it the other day and I was like, wow. I was surprised uh, that I'm no longer a 4011th or something. It's like a, it's finally up there, which is crazy. That's achievement. Right. That's That's a, and thank you to the listener. You've helped us with that. And if you give us a review on iTunes, that also helps and moves us up the ranking so more people find it and have a nerdy, positive, good time. But we'll leave <laughs> you last with the words, of course, from Peter Parker's Uncle Ben with great power. Comes great responsibility, right, Jordan?
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: And we all have that power within us. Well, thank you very much. Thanks again, Jordan. Anything in closing you want to say? Um, no, other than thank you for following
2: me who listen to this podcast. It means a lot, and I hope to get a quality comic book out to you very soon.
0: Thank you. Yes, we'll go over uh, that splash page again, but it's looking glorious. Um, the reworks you did are phenomenal, my friend. You're, you're just awesome. crushing it. But uh, thank you very much for listening to the show. We appreciate it. And have a good rest of your day, night, evening, or drive, or whatever it is. And be water, my friends. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. He's clapping in the background <laughs> <laughs> Fan number ones You can hear her clapping from me